Hello and welcome to Famicast 15. This is JC. I'm back, and it's good to be back. With me is the new Captain eShop. It's Dan Koopman. Hello. I ah, see. I mixed it around a bit there. People were expecting something else. Yes, the uh, newly demoted uh, Danny Bivens. Uh huh. So you're no longer Captain eShop because um, we figured out that you know Dan buys twice as much crap from the eShop as you now. So um, I don't know what I'll have to demote you down to. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, joining us is. You know, the family cast couldn't be complete without a real Japanese person. It's Minoru. Hello. Hi, Hello. Minoru. Good to have you back. Well, you've been you've been doing uh, three in a row now, isn't it? I think. Yes. Doing great. So, um, we're going to have a very exciting episode. We have so many things to talk about and lots of interesting uh, topics to get on with. <laughs> I promise. So, we're just going to get straight into it. We have new business, which will cover all the obvious things, like New Super Mario Bros. 2, of course, and lots lots more, including Oni training, etc. And Dan has been to Gamescom and been playing more Wii U stuff, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we'll go into some news, and we'll have a Life in Japan segment, which is going to be very cool to talk about, especially with uh, Minoru with us today, because um, it concerns uh, you know Japanese uh, gaming habits and stuff, so he can chip in with that. And then we'll have a couple of letters for, from Listener Mail too, so stick around to the end. So, let's get to it. So, you just spoiled the entire episode. <laughs> Indeed. Spoilers! Okay then, so, new business. So, I hope you guys don't mind. I'll start because, you know, I missed last uh, episode. Sure. And uh, what I was doing, as you know, I was in the UK visiting family and stuff. And mm -hmm. um, so, uh, a couple of my uh, little uh, cousins, they're, they're like 8 and 12 years old. They got 3DSs for uh, their birthdays. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... I was kind of like showing them the ropes with the 3DS because, um, you know, obviously this is like their first gaming handheld, you know, gaming system, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So they, they didn't really know what's, what's what. So uh, it, was, it was kind of funny, actually, because um, it was kind of like one of those uh, uh, Chinese whispers type situations where I say, you know, I work for... Uh, um, I work for a, a magazine called Nintendo World Report, and that gets passed along through various family members. So when I arrived, it was like, so James, do you work for Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I work for Nintendo in Japan. <laughs> of course I do, yeah. yeah. You know this guy, Iwata? No. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I was showing them all about their 3DS, and you know, I was showing them that, you know, features they didn't know existed, like the eShop. <laughs> in fact, one, one of them, I think one of them must have got the 3DS earlier than the other because um, obviously their birthdays are different days so one of them got them earlier than the other and um, the eShop wasn't even on it <laughs> like <laughs> I, I had to do a full system update uh, to get the eShop on which you know they had no idea how to do you know no idea how to do a, a system update so yeah. I did that I got the eShop on and uh, you know got things like uh, swap note which is it called Letterbox done in Europe? Le Nintendo yeah, Letterbox. Nintendo Letterbox, right? Yeah. 
obviously uh, they've got UK 3DSs. Uh, so I got that on it and showed them how to do that and stuff. And then um, I downloaded all these demos from the, from the eShop. You know, the concept of demos was a, a completely new thing to them. They had no idea what it was. In, in, in their eyes, I'd given them 15 games for free. That's oh, Farmer Simulator what... 3D! Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that. I didn't see that one actually. But that but, that um, is on the European eShop. So is it okay? I must have blocked it out of my memory then. <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> you shouldn't remember it anyway. But um, yeah, so I put loads of demos on, including Mutant Bu Mutant Muds, which isn't even on the Japanese eShop. You know, hmm. so I'd never even played that before. So that was um, pretty cool. And but then I, st I when I was playing it, I thought, wait a minute, all these demos—they're limited demos, right? You can only play them a limited amount of times, right? So they're gonna, yeah. One one of these days, they're gonna load up one of these games, and it's not gonna work. And they're gonna be like, you know, Uncle James, what's going on? Why doesn't my game work anymore? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to explain to them the, this whole concept of like, you know, you can only play it a few times, so only play it when you really want to play it and like play it like once every couple of weeks like don't play one every single day or something like that and I was like, well the, the, the thing the thing is if they don't really have an eShop account that has downloads like paid downloads to them they can easily delete it and download the demos again oh really yeah oh, i didn't know that i'm sure so, they but, probably don't know that either yeah yeah i mean i'm just that i just mentioned it, 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 it should be able to but it costs a lot of hassle yeah, I mean, like I said, they they hadn't even installed the most basic of apps. I think even Nintendo Video wasn't on, yeah. uh, on one of them. But anyway, one thing they had been doing, um, which was quite cute, was that you know they'd obviously street past each other every single day since they got their systems. Mm -hmm. So they they were both like really high level in street pass quests. So they they'd managed to kind of stumble their way through the uh, street pass quest. And then uh, I told them about, you know, the different t-shirt colors do different things and, like, blew their mind, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, I'm going to change it to a red t-shirt. I'm going to be fire. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah. And um, obviously, uh, you know, I street passed with them and I gave them all these puzzle pieces, which they never knew existed and stuff like that. So I um, could try and help them fill up their roster a bit. Mm -hmm. So overall, it was kind of a interesting to see how the other half live kind of thing like you know obviously everyone on this podcast and everyone listening uh it's all it's second nature to go to the eShop, download stuff update stuff but you know we do forget sometimes that there are literally thousands and thousands of people out there you know especially kids you know who have no idea about pretty much like more than half of the features of the 3ds it's like literally they had no idea about most of the things that we take for granted so it's it's kind of interesting that and it just kind of opened my eyes a bit you know how much of a uh, a struggle it's going to be for nintendo to you know and promote and make people aware of all these options you know and going into going into Do the that Wii for my U cousins too. always when they come here it's like um, when they come here, they're like, "Could you do this for me because I read about it on the internet?" I said, "Sure, what do you want?" And it's like every single time they want to also street pass of all the four 3DSs I've lying around here. So <laughs> <laughs> four 3DSs. Jesus. Yeah, I, have to, I mean, I have the 3DS XL now, so it's now four. So right. Yeah. So yeah, and like just going into the Wii U, just like you know how crap the Wii, the Wii, the original Wii was for like getting people online because you know mm. it didn't really help you at all. You had to like get the manual or look online 
<laughs> look online to find out how to go online you know it's just like it's just how ridiculous. backwards is that <laughs> i mean if you do a google search for like um you know getting your Wii online or something like that there's all these forums of like you know mums and dads saying like like you can get the Wii online it's like what, what does that even mean you know they have no idea so i just hope to god that they do something better with the wii u like bring up some message you know make it really really easy to, to do this. Later in Dewey's life, especially in uh, Europe and America, they had this this channel that would explain to you what you could do with the internet on Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have like um, temporary buttons for like the internet channel and for the other online features you could have on your Wii. So they did have to stride later in Dewey's life, but at the beginning it was really crap and I agree on that. Yeah. There's, there's, there was a few of those um, situations with my cousins where, like, those temporary icons came up. It was like a, it was like one of the parcel, whatever you call it, the, the present that appears. Yeah. You click on it, it opens, but it's not actually there. It takes you to the eShop. Mm-hmm. But um, the Wi-Fi in my in my auntie's house like only works in like, they've got quite a large house and it only works in like one half of the house, <laughs> and the, that half is not where the kids' bedrooms are. So like. They they're pressing the button and it's like go to the eShop and then it doesn't work, <laughs> and they're like they they don't understand why you know the internet doesn't work, so I had to explain them about that as well. But anyway, um, over the and also their game collection was hilarious. Like <laughs> like they hadn't got Mario three day three D Land. They didn't have Mario Kart Seven. They, I think one of them had like this terrible dinosaurs game because he likes oh, dinosaurs. Oh, that one! God, don't remind me. That was the only game he had, and the oh. uh, the other one, um, who's a girl, I think she uh, she had Lego Harry Potter. Oh, that's a that's a good title, actually. But that was the only games they had, and it was just like, you know, you've got to at least have the basics before you get those. It's funny because the only two games that my cousins have are, um, I think, the original Paz on the 3DS, Pro Evolution Soccer, and Super Mario mm. 3D Land. Um, oh, that's pretty good. That's a good collection. Yeah. So I actually gave them like a couple of games that I was done with reviews, so like FIFA, and they were really enjoying that. They were like constantly playing it, and they said they uh, must give it back. But I said to them, "No, keep it, keep it." And it's like they were awesome. really cute about it. I was like, "Nah, just play it," uh, which is always fun stuff. Um, though I don't really get the impression that they don't get much allowance money, so they don't get much new stuff at all. So it's like, can you download this demo for me? Because I want to play something. Cool. Well, um, the next thing, obviously, uh, New Super Mario Brothers 2, which we've all been playing since, like, was it the 28th of July it came yep. out in Japan? Yes. Yep. So, obviously, all of you are going to chip in with this next bit, right? Because, um, you know, people listening in the US and Europe, obviously, they've just picked up their copies, like, um, this week or whatever they're listening to it you know last week but we've all been playing this game for several weeks we we have also like two days after i think um denny and i did an extensive podcast on that title too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so obviously we've we've it's, this is not like you know uh last minute impressions you know like we've just played the first world and you know we put it down and now we're ranting about it yeah. you know we've had several weeks to contemplate our feelings mm-hmm. about it um, obviously, as guys in Japan, we've been doing street passes with it too, so we've been experiencing the the coin rush mode and everything. So um, my my impressions, I mean, 
we have two reviews up on the site. We have one from uh, Neil and one from Danny. And, Which uh, I kind of influenced the one of Danny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we, we, we really had a long conversation about that title. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 more with I'm more with Danny's um, uh, review, which is uh, 7.5. In case anyone hasn't read it, I but obviously read the re the review to fully understand why Danny gave it a 7.5. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, it's it just I mean, Danny uh, came over to my place uh, a couple of weeks back, and we we played um, two player, right? Mm -hmm. um, obviously, that was so you could complete the review, so you could um, you know have a full understanding of every section of the game and playing two player was just like <laughs> i mean it was to be to be blunt it was broken basically like we were kind of like stumbling our way through the levels i mean we're both decent mario players right we both completed the game we're you know we're good at it and it's like trying to get any like coins or anything do anything kind of skillful was so freaking hard with the screen locked on mm. the, the player the leading player it was just ridiculous. Like you couldn't play it. It was. I mean, I, obviously you don't die when you get pushed off the screen, but it just like it ruins the whole flow of the game. You you would have to be literally jumping in tandem at every single jump for it to work, which is you know nigh on impossible. You know, unless your kind of brains are linked with a wire, <laughs> <laughs> you know you're not going to be able to do that, right? You're both like jumping and you're exploring different areas, or you're trying to get different coins or whatever. And it just doesn't work. And so, after that, we we thought we'd have a go of the original New Super Mario Brothers. So we thought, like, what was the two-player like in that game, right? So we we both had the game. So um, we both um, booted it up and we started playing the uh, two-player game in that. And obviously, you can't play the whole game in two in two-player um, in the original New Super Mario Brothers. But it has like special a special mode where it's kind of like a versus mode. Isn't that the one with also where you could play multiplayer those mini games? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'll, yeah I'll get yeah, onto that yeah. in a minute. Yeah, but the 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 main thing was um you know this this versus mode and it's kind of like a looping it's a scrolling stage but it kind of loops back when you get to one side you kind of go loop back into the other side and it was just like so much fun like obviously screens weren't locked you could go anywhere you wanted you could like get powerups you could hit people you could you know knock into them and grab their coins and stuff. I mean, it was like so much fun, right, Danny? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like, awesome. And it, I, it, obviously, it wasn't the 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 one player game. It wasn't. There was no um, you know purpose of it other than just for for fun. It was just like a multiplayer battle mode kind of thing. But it was so much fun, and it's like if they can do freaking separate screens in the original one, which was done in two thousand and six. Like, why the hell couldn't they do it in the newest one? Yeah, I. I think this kind of stems back to shortly before the game was even released. Like, uh, something came out with the developers. They basically, essentially, said like, "Hey, we didn't even want to even have this, you know, multiplayer in the original game, but they just added it in there." And you know, I think when people heard it at first, thinking, "Oh, that's awesome! You know, I'll be able to play with my friend, and it's going to be cool." But I mean, you know, if you think about it, without like the lock screen, I think it would be, it'd probably be a lot of fun, and you could do a lot yeah, of different stuff. Awesome. And I don't. I don't really understand. Yeah, why the hell is there a lock screen? Well, it, I mean, because it's, it's one of what, what it does is, I mean, like I'm when we when me and James are playing, I like maybe I'm like hanging back a little bit. I'm trying to like get some coins, and all of a sudden James is going forward like a madman, you know, trying to trying <laughs> yeah. to get some coins or do whatever. And it's just kind of like the nature of the game, you know. We all 
you can't play at the, you know in tandem. You're not going to be you know flying, you know, right next to each other and just you know right. jumping at the same exact time. That's just not going to happen. And it's almost kind of like what I feel like they want you to do when you're playing this. And it's just aside from maybe a few stages where you're going like up and you're not really moving from left to right. Uh, you know, it works, but aside from that, it's not. I mean, good. just to be clear, it doesn't even pan out. Like on the Wii version, it, it pans out slightly. This doesn't do that at all. It's literally like playing the one-player game. So mm -hmm. it, it's almost kind of like, you know, like in the Sonic games with like Sonic and Tails. It's almost like that. It's just like one person being dragged behind kind of thing. <laughs> it's, it just doesn't feel right. It really feels like they added it in at the last second, and which they admitted to the doing. <laughs> so it's kind of obvious. They said literally it was an experiment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if the experiment isn't worthwhile, then just don't do it. It's like yeah. when you go back to the original New Super Mario Bros., you had all that mode and all those minigames to play with two people, and necessarily you don't need to have that second card. Yeah, and like like you were saying, Dan, with these mini games. Here's the, the yeah. here's my main beef with New Super Mario Bros. Two multiplayer. I also played it a bit, especially during Gamescom with a few people. It's like when you play it, it's like you need both a cartridge or a download, um, which of course aren't region locked. So <laughs> that was a lot of fun finally finding people with a Japanese 3DS too. Um, <laughs> but they, they are um, region locked. Did you say Dan? They are or aren't? Well, they, uh, it was fun trying to find people with a Japanese 3DS, which there were, but it right. uh, okay. was quite an insanity. Yeah. Um, but when you actually play it, it, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. It, it is... Um, it feels like they really thought of it in like a second, put it together in the, in the code, and made it a multiplayer mode. You use the power of the card or the download. So why not have both separate screens? It That doesn't make any sense exactly. whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's just it just sounds like a very poor excuse. It's like, you know, like when um, Miyamoto said it with the new Super Mario Brothers Wii, said, people said, why isn't it online? And he just said, the Wii can't handle it. <laughs> that, was, that was his excuse. And it's like, why isn't Pikmin 3 online on the Wii U? It's like, uh, the, the internet can't handle 100 things, you know, linked online or something. It's just like a bullshit answer and it pisses people uh, off. You know, to be fair, with Pikmin 3, I kind of do understand because it's a lot of, lot of things to render, especially with 100 little characters moving around your own character. No, that's bullshit. It's bullshit, Dan, because the, the world record for, like, simultaneous multiplayer game is 999. That's individual human-controlled opponents in an FPS game. But Nintendo doesn't know how the internet works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pikmin aren't human-controlled. They're, they're AI, so there is absolutely no excuse. Sorry, Miyamoto can shove that one up his uh, proverbial ass for that. <laughs> they don't understand the internet, or they're using the wrong internet. I don't know. The Nintendo internet. Dial-up. Yeah, they're using dial-up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, if this was on the Wii, if this was on the GameCube, sure, whatever. Okay, fair enough. But this is the Wii U, and it's, they're already making excuses why things can't be online. It is not a good um, thing, precedent to start a console life with. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... Yeah, like you were saying about the mini games, Don. You know, we 
me and Danny had loads of fun playing the mini games. You know, after we played the battle mode, we went into the mini games, and it's just like you can just do like a random mode, and it just like randomly selects one, you play it, and it and it builds up all your points, and then it declares a winner at the end. <clears throat> me, hey. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, I would have preferred an updated version of that rather than the bullshit two-player that they put in. But then again, if they put an updated version of that, people would still bitch. And then if they didn't have a multiplayer in that, all people would bitch. There's like no way that you can, you know, make Nintendo fans happy. Yeah, we'd be happy. bitching, but at least we'd have some fun. Yeah, this is true. And, this is true. And th- th- this is another beef I have with New Super Mario Bros. 2 and what made the original and the Wii version so great. They packed in, like, those extra features, like the power-ups and with the with the Wii version, it was the four-player, and with the original were those minigames. With New Super Mario Bros. 2, you don't, you don't have either. Yeah, it, it does feel like a, a, a rush job in some things. I mean, um, to just um, we were just having a staff-wide um, email conversation and just before this podcast, and um, uh, our Aaron Kaluska made a good point, actually, in this um, roundtable. Um, I don't know if this is going to turn into a feature. It, might, it may or may not do. But I'll just... Um, what he said in his email is that... Um, this game was made by the younger crowd. This is mm-hmm. not by the older crowd. This is like, um, like they said in that Iwata Asks, they had a, what was it called? The seminars, the Mario, Mario seminars. School. Mario, Mario School. Yep. So, so they would, the old guys were teaching the young guys how to make a good Mario level, which is great, yeah? But what they didn't do is teach them how to make a, a good, like, unique Mario game you know, from scratch, they're just teaching them how to do level packs, basically. And um, in the last episode of um, RFN, um, uh, Guillaume was talking about how he's playing newer Super Mario Brothers level packs, which he uh, <laughs> incorrectly said Minoru uh, suggested it. It was actually me who suggested <laughs> that on my tweet. I think uh, Minoru retweeted my tweet. Right? <laughs> but anyway, so Guillaume actually played um, those uh, newer Super Mario Brothers. Uh, uh, add-on packs mm-hmm. using the homebrew thing, right? And that was done by a guy or a couple of guys for free, and he made like eight worlds worth of new levels. And then a, a whole other team did like that holiday pack, and then there's another pack on top of that. So many extra levels thanks to this um, level editor. And what do Nintendo do? They do the same thing, but then they charge you forty dollars for it. And it's like that to me. That's what the problem with New Super Brothers Two. It's not a bad game. It's just a level pack. I mean, it, it, it for me that's not the beef. It's the beef that it's cookie cutter. It, it there's there's nothing new. Like there is there are no new power ups in that game. Let's be honest here. Um, there's yeah. there's no new music in that game either. Everything <laughs> comes from New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Even the credits, which <laughs> yeah, they never true. done in a Mario game before, they literally took the credits from New Super Mario Bros. Wii, put some dudes and wasn't there, done. Wop wop. Yeah, it's a cookie cutter. That's a good way to um, describe it, actually. I mean, it's it's a level pack. It's a it's a decent level pack, but you know, yeah. I I just got worried like on Twitter like um leading up to the the countdown to the release the digital release of New Super Mario Bros. 2 in the west like mm-hmm. people were going mental on Twitter like oh my god I'm I'm going to download it in 30 30 minutes from now oh, going crazy and I, I think I just sent out a tweet like saying look guys you know 
like take it easy you know i i'd highly recommend that you look for it cheaper online and you know get it get the cartridge if you can get like 20 dollars off it rather than buy it full price uh, online <laughs> and um you know some people took my advice uh, many people didn't and then uh, like literally it was like after midnight it was like you know half 12 or whatever one o'clock in the states and it's like yeah i'm beginning to regret my purchase <laughs> <laughs> you know people had just finished world one and they'd already you know getting that deja vu feeling from it well i wrote um, like uh, a review for for the dutch website i work for and i said literally literally in the re review Consider buying it, but be sure you have to take a lot of for, lot of lot of things for granted while buying the purchase because a lot of it is old. And I was expecting like an outrage from Nintendo fans, but most people were like, "Yeah, I will wait till it's cheaper, or I will skip it for now." I was was really surprised about the response, really. Yeah. Oh, obviously, it's too late. By the time people are listening to this podcast, they may have already bought it. They may have already downloaded it online. But you know, um, that's that's fine. I'm I'm sure there will be people still who really enjoy the game and that's totally fine. But for us it's 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 not the same as like a game as Super Mario 3D Land or a right. Mario Galaxy. Exactly. Um yeah. it just doesn't cut for us too much. I think someone else uh, on Twitter said something like, um, go back and play Mario three D Land and make sure you've you know, fully completed that game before you think about you know buying Nisa Mario Brothers 2 because that game is so much better and you know maybe people put it down or they didn't finish all the secret worlds or something right Danny <coughs> hell if if that game was downloadable <laughs> right now in any eShop in the world I would replay that game in a, in an instant second absolutely it's it's an it's an awesome game and and so many new ideas in it um, it's it's even it, the the file cells is even less than New Super Mario Brothers 2 <laughs> really? Yeah. How many megabytes is 3D Land? I think it's under 300. Wow. Crazy. I don't know how the hell they got it over 300 megabytes from New Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> <laughs> More dudes and what? And stuff, probably. Yeah. Every yeah. every Y is an extra megabyte. DS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Um. just to quickly go back to the, the original one, Um. one thing I... You know, the graphics... In the original one, are pretty bad. I mean, it does look like, like an N sixty. The Mario looks like N sixty four Mario, but the gameplay and the the palette and the graphics are exactly the same. Sure, sure, it's higher resolution. The the three DS one is probably taking from the Wii version, like the assets from the Wii version. But the mm -hmm. Wii version was just a high res version of the DS one, right? So, um, it was shocking how similar it was. Like really shocking. Like. Go back and play New Super Mario Brothers, and and just see that how similar it, it looks. Um, yeah, and maybe download. There's also a um, well, the DS um, ROM hack is a lot harder to do because obviously you need one of those um, uh, what do you call it hacking cartridges thing, R4 like an R four kind of thing. Yeah, it's a little bit trickier. But someone has recreated new uh, sorry um, Mario Brothers three, the NES game, as um, redone that whole game in those assets and hmm. also several other Mario games. So just to show, you know, people asking Nintendo, oh, remake this, redo this. Don't worry about it. The fans have already done it and they did it much better and for free. <laughs> so, yeah, something to consider. He here's the thing. I 
I'm kind of wondering now what Nintendo is going to do with the DLC. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we should talk about because that. Because they, they will definitely see this response. I mean, granted, that they will see it too late because the game is now out in stores and shipped. But they will see the response from people like, this feels too similar. On, on a technical note, where the hell are they going to sell these games? Because it doesn't have an in-game store. I, I, I think they just hid it somewhere. I don't know. I'm guessing that, like, when you go to the coin rush mode, um, it, like, because you know, it often up, uh, not updates, but it kind of accesses the internet, doesn't it? Like mm -hmm. when you first start it, yeah. And it says, you know, there have been 32 trillion coins collected in the world, or whatever. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you know that checking system, you know, someone in Nintendo is going to flick the switch, and then you know, you go to coin rush mode, and then when you select the levels. There'll, there'll be an additional one. They will talk about it at the, at the next Nintendo Direct. It's yeah. like, DLC levels are now available directly after this conference. Did they say they were going to do free ones first? Uh, I have no idea, actually. Yeah, That's I a don't, good question. I, yeah, I don't I remember them remember. talking about price at all. Free or you know paid or whatever. But I, I would assume because it's Nintendo, the price is probably going to be paid. So... I got a couple of hundred yen left in my eShop wallet. You know, <laughs> I might buy. I might buy one. <laughs> you have enough. For I like half. the coin rush. So now we've now we've sh uh, shat on it a lot. I can tell you about the bits that I do like. Um, uh, the uh, the coin rush mode is is pretty awesome, and yeah. the um, the the street pass uh, mode is actually. I think. Uh, I hope you guys agree with me that this is one of the best street pass mode since you know street pass quest because there is actually a, a purpose for doing this thing um you 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 know i really like the mode in mario tennis open where okay, you where, where you where you get where you get random means where you could play and play with several uh, little games in street pass okay. which was really cool and you also get a lot of good gear and coins out of it if you get a string that you can beat mees in a row so okay. that's that was that's pretty neat. Um, I think this this one um, coin wash is at the same level as that, where it really adds to the value of a game. Yeah, uh, it's it's good and bad because, like like I said, it's, I think it's one of the best uses of Street Pass. Um, the the it's a very good way to get extra coins to help you towards your million coin goal. Because um, mm -hmm. I th I think like I've I thought that you had to beat somebody to get their coins, but I passed somebody who had thirty thousand coins on one on one stage, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, one set of stages, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I I got like four thousand on that one, and I got thirty thousand coins added to my total, and yep. I was like, "What?" <laughs> so it it really pays. Like they obviously listened. Maybe they listened to that Famicast episode where I was uh, shitting on the Mario Kart Seven Street Pass thing, like. <laughs> Like, you know, with the problem with Mario Kart 7 is that no matter how many people you raced, you didn't get any coins and you didn't get any anything to help you in your in your main game at all. But with this one, like I said, you know, if you win or lose, you get coins. So um, as long as you've completed the three stages without dying, you will get that guy's coins. So if the guy is a, you know, a legend with 30,000 coins, which is the max you can get in any in any set of stages, and you get that, so you can really go to a million very quickly by doing a street pass. Which Again, I think we're, is awesome. we're, that's that's kind of the same with Mario Tennis Open. Even regardless of if you win or lose, you get something out of it. 
and that yeah. make and that makes Street Pass worthwhile. Um, I definitely, um, I had my European and my Japanese 3DS with me. I was constantly just playing around with Mario Tennis Open and uh, New Super Mario Bros. 2, just collecting those Street Pass hits. What from yourself? If, yeah, for my for from from the Gamescom floor where the people were playing with that game. Oh, Gamescom. Okay, yeah. okay, gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. And also a little little pro tip: um, the little um, star icon. If you star something, then that that keeps it. So when mm-hmm. you street pass more people, then it doesn't get deleted. Um, if you don't do that, then it'll just delete whatever's there and it'll just replace it with the new ones. Yeah, um, I I, f- I found um, one that was really effective, so I saved it with the the star yeah, feature. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If you get the one, um, I forgot what stage. I think it's four two. You start off and you can get loads of um, coins by bouncing on these Goombas one after another. Like They infinitely come out this pipe, and that is a really good way to um, get coins if you're, on, if you're a gold, gold Mario. You can mm-hmm. get like 50 coins with every bounce on the head. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can get like, easily get like 5,000 coins in the first stage and then double it and double it again. Oh, uh, God. And you'll get, get 20,000 coins easily. As long as you don't die, and as long as you hit the top of the flagpole, <laughs> <laughs> that's the important thing. If you miss the top of the flagpole, then you're screwed. I'm well, not screwed, but you just you know you miss out on a lot of coins. Hmm. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem in the regular game. It doesn't seem ex- as exciting to hit the top of the flagpole as it was in, New Super, in Super Mario 3D Land. Yeah, you no know, golden flagpoles. They took it out. Yeah. And you don't. And another thing, you don't need all like all the all those big coins you see in those levels. You only need ninety for the Star World, and that's it. Yeah, I thought that was, that was a bit weird. That was strange. Yeah, because I, I was worried that because you needed them all in New Super Mario Bros. Wii for uh-huh, to, yeah. to collect all those separate um, star levels. Um, you needed them all for the Crown level in Super Mario 3D Land. Yeah. And now we have New Super Mario Bros. 2, it's just, it's 90, enjoy. Yeah, 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 it's quite strange. I thought that once I'd opened it, then each level would require, like, another, like, 95 or 100 or whatever. But nope, that's it, you open it and that's it, it's, it's unlocked forever. Yeah. So it's a bit strange. And also, like, you know, you unlock paths on the way, don't you? You use five coins to open up what a certain path. Well, it's, I was it's not that. very often. It's like two or three times where an extra level mm. is had behind like a coin total, because the rest is hidden in the levels itself. Danny, you got me really worried that like I was I'd spent like all my coins and I would would not be able to open the Star World like at all. Yeah, but I, I think you were a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you were going after the coins like actively. I was just kind of just you know right. nonchalantly playing through. And realized I didn't have ninety yeah, coins, yeah. so that's why I was like, "crap." Because I had, like, I maybe I'd like spent some like once, and then I, I don't think I'd heard or I said something, read something about that. You know, you have to have this or that, and I was like, "oh crap!" I'm not gonna go to these yeah. stupid mushroom houses. I don't need to. You know, I'm not gonna pay my coins for that. That's dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, that's a good way to save it because you can't save it until you've completed it once. Yeah, I'm. I'm I mean. I mean, I was I, I finished the game and it was at ninety five and I was like, huh, ninety, I'm done now, great. <laughs> you know, sp- speaking about the saving, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand why this doesn't let you save anywhere you want from when from wherever you start. I mean, yeah, it doesn't really take too long to get to a save point, but it's like, man, that sucks. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know? but, but you but, but you can always save in the menu. Can you? It's the second option if you go to start. Nope. Nope. 
After you beat it. Oh, after you beat it, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, after you beat it, then, you know, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Okay. That's just kind of annoying. I don't know. I see. The the only other kind of good, like, addition that they've done to this game, uh, I do like what they did with the cannon, the cannon levels. That's a quite a unique take. You know, you don't just go in the cannon yeah. and get blasted off. It's actually a level. I thought that was very clever and, you know, finally a new idea in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever, guys had one of those rainbow stages? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Like, uh, Not yet. It kind of like um, the first, like before the first level, it just starts like like flashing like a rainbow and you go back to it. And you, I don't think you can die. It's just, you just showered with coins. It's amazing. Just golden very shower. Colorful level. <laughs> the golden shower level. <laughs> but it's just fun. It just, and it looks, it looks cute as well. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Are there any other good points of the Super Mario Brothers 2? Minoru, do you have any good things to say about it? Well, uh, uh, I also bought a 3DS XL with digital copies of New Super Mario Brothers 2, and I beat it in six and a half hours with, I think, <laughs> 12,000 ish coins. But I didn't feel like keep on playing it, just collect a million coins. Because, mm-hmm. as many of you said, uh, I couldn't find any motivation to collect a million <laughs> coins. Well, I I had a million coins. I started over, and getting a million coins actually quite sucks. Why did you start <laughs> over? <laughs> because I just wanted to start anew. I just wanted to start that game all over again. Because I wouldn't feel the need to start to start or go back to that game at all, especially in Coin Wash. Mm-hmm. Okay. God. Um, but uh, getting a million coins is the biggest disappointment that Nintendo has ever gave us. If you start a new game, like say with the save game two, then that still adds to the the coin total. So you can have, you know. Yeah, but that's why that's why they deleted all my data because I want to try it all from all over again and. and... <laughs> Well. And see and see if I felt any different about it because especially when I do it for a review, I play it through twice to make sure I feel exactly the same. And if that it's sounds adds... like punishment. No, not really. <laughs> I'm used to it by now. <laughs> there you go. Confirmed. Dan likes punishing himself. And the, and the game is not very long, so. That's true. Yeah, it's not very long. If you just go power through the first six worlds, it's like, yeah. like uh, I, f- I, fin- I finished it without actively going for the coins or the big star coins. I think I finished it in five hours. Yeah, it's pretty short. But yeah, you can easily skip through lots of secrets if you do that. Yeah. I, I haven't quite um, 100%ed it. I've got like a few more star coins and a few secret exits to go, and then... Um, I've just been kind of going back to the coin rush because getting lots of street passes and uh, challenging new people and getting their coins from them and stuff. And if you beat them, uh, you get a what's called a crown coin, and that gives you another thousand coins, which is another little bonus. So um, I don't know what happens if it's a draw. If you both get the same, like, for example, if we perfect ourselves and get 30,000 and the other guy gets 30,000, um, would you get the bonus for that? Who knows? But, but I'm pretty sure, like, I noticed that when the game first came out, like, end of July, like, people were really crap that I was street passing. They were having, you know, a thousand coins or something on the, mm-hmm. the run-throughs. But in the past week or so, like, 
I'm getting more and more 30,000 coin people and I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> need to step up my game here. Yeah, people get good very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll relate. Minori, you said you bought it digitally and Dan, you did as well, right? Yeah. So, um, Dan, I can understand you doing it because obviously it costs more to get a Japanese game delivered to the uh, to the Netherlands. Yeah. But um, Minoru, why did you get it digital? Yeah, because uh, there is a, a some uh, kind of uh, campaign, and uh, and Nintendo gave those who bought uh, two digital uh, copies. I mean, only training at the New Super Mario Brothers too. And they gave uh, some extra Nintendo points. Yeah, that's the <laughs> reason I bought an exp more expensive one. <laughs> right. So yeah, I, I got uh, I got a towel out of Animal Crossing, so I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so for an additional $20, you can get a piece of cloth. Excellent. What did you want, Minoru? Was there a special thing you wanted from Club Nintendo? Uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just a general, you just want the point. Yes. <laughs> well, I also wanted the copy of uh, Donkey Kong Original Edition. And the strange thing is, I actually got two copies for purchasing those, to those two games. Uh, me too. What? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You're giving them away, are you? <laughs> I already gave it to somebody else, the other copy, who had a Japanese 3DS in my area. So it's like, Minori, have you, you given yours away? Yes, sure. You have, okay, okay. Uh, I didn't want it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, interesting. These. Um, so, Danny, you did a news story about, um, uh, what was it called? The. Uh, well, sorry, not a news story, a blog post. Um, what was the title of it? The blog post in question is actually called The 3DS Download Card Markup Absurdity. And just kind of, you know, wondering how in the world can these digital copies cost retailers more than, you know, packaged copies. And um, I, I, we might have talked a little bit about this on the last Famicast, or maybe even on the, I think, the segment with me and Don. We, we, we talked about on the Excel cost. Okay, <laughs> there it is. But, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of disappointing to, you know, go, I, on the day that these games came out, on the 28th, I was at this electronic store and watching grandparents buy their grandchildren 3DS, you know, LLs, and I was thinking, why don't you buy me one too? Maybe I'm their teacher or something. <laughs> but <laughs> they didn't, so that sucked. But anyway, um, you know, it was kind of disappointing. First of all, I couldn't even find where the hell the download cards were. And, and then, you know, I noticed, like, the prices for the, you know, the cartridge-only games are, you know, a lot cheaper. You know, sometimes, you know, 800 to 700 yen, whatever, cheaper than the, uh, you know, actual re suggested retail price. But then... I had asked somebody to go find these hiding cards, um, and I got a card for Oni Training, and and I noticed that wow, this is like you know 400 yen more expensive than your retail copy. I mean, it was cheaper than the actual you know the set price, but I mean, it's like man, that's crap because this is definitely doesn't cost as much money to you know produce or. But but it was cheaper than the the actual recommended price. Yes, that's right. It's cheaper than what you well, would pay for on the, on the on the eShop. So after the after you did that blog post, I did a bit of my own real world research as well, and um, I went to several shops here in Japan, and I found the the download code and the games, and um, exactly the same situation. The download card was four hundred yen more than the 
cartridge versions of both Mario and Donnie training. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, this this is crazy. And I so I went online and I thought, because back when Nintendo announced this feature, that they were going to do this, I had these dreams of like um, uh, going down to Amazon and just like buying this card, which for like, you know, $10, $10 cheaper, mm -hmm. like a thousand yen cheaper than the actual game. So that way I could have the digital copy and uh, not not get, not pay and paid the same as the cartridge or less than the cartridge, mm -hmm. but my dreams were shattered. Um, well, first of all, Amazon simply does not stock them mm -hmm. any cards at all. Uh, they only sell the um, the cartridge versions, and so I did a bit more searching and I found a couple of uh, online retailers in Japan, not famous ones at all, completely unknown, very small um, uh, independent places. And they were selling them, and like Dan said, in uh, in Europe they were exactly the same as the eShop price. It was like three thousand eight hundred yen for Oni Training, and and four thousand eight hundred yen for Mario, which is the exact price to to the yen. There's not not even like one yen difference. <laughs> it was exactly the eShop price. So it's like, yeah, what's the point of that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why get a piece of card? Then a, and a code to put in when I could just go to the eShop and buy it. So it just, it's just all very disturbing to me. And it's just like, mm, Nintendo are just not ready. Or maybe they just, they just got too, they're too close with the retailers to go fully digital. Yeah. This is kind of like a small step towards it, but they're a long way away from it. In, Euro in Europe, the situation is a little bit weirder because there are not no net dedicated download cards yet. Okay. Um, and they only announced like a new 35 euro pound eShop card hmm. and I'm like that's alright but there is just one problem there new Super Mario Bros. 2 is 45 euros <laughs> not 35 uh... so I have to buy a separate 15 euro card and buy actually 50 euros worth, worth of eShop value can't you just put exactly how much money you want on the eShop now? I thought you could do that with the last I, update. I, I think you can, but for most people, that's I think that's not very convenient. So, and it's also very here that in Europe that you can't buy like eShop cards everywhere. I think in some countries there are game stores like a GameStop, but countries that don't have GameStops are kind of screwed and kind of have to go to like supermarkets and find the exact amount they need to to purchase a video game. Mm -hmm. And am I right in thinking that a, a ten pound or a ten euro card is exactly ten euros? You're not saving any money, right? Well, yeah. Well, there are no ten euro cards. It used to be with the points cards, like one thousand, two thousand, three thousand. But with uh, pounds and euros, it's now fifteen, twenty-five, thirty-five. But you don't save any money by buying the cards in the shop, right? No, so it's, might, the, the taxes you, you might are as well just yeah. The online. taxes are already inside, so there's no difference between what you would buy in the eShop in the e itself or buy in like the store to get yourself a nice eShop card. So um, isn't that a confusing message that Nintendo is sending? It's like, you know, we're going online, you know, we're going digital, you can download these games, but we don't want you to save any money, so you might as well buy the cartridge. It's like... <laughs> one interesting thing that some people brought up in the blog post that I had written is that maybe this isn't Nintendo. Maybe this is just 
you know, the, the, the retailers themselves. They, they look at the future and they're seeing like, hey, these cards, yeah, we're selling them at our stores, but eventually what's going to happen is that they're going to go completely digital and they don't want that to happen. So that's why maybe they're dragging their feet on this. And mm. Nintendo's just kind of trying to think of, think of a way like, you know, we could include you in this, but maybe in 10 years we don't even want you to be a part of this. I think it's like some kind of psychological training that Nintendo have to do to the retailers. It's like, you know, if somebody's scared of spiders, like you put them in a room with like a really small spider really far away and you just and you, then you calm them down, you say everything's okay, and then you introduce a bigger spider and it gets closer and closer until, you know, there's a massive spider on the head. And it's kind of like that. It's like, you know, you've got these cards in your shop, but, you know, it's okay because they're more expensive so people won't buy them. And then they'll slowly, slowly, you know, increase, you know, reduce the prices, and they'll increase the amount of games that are available. And then before they know it, you know, the the shop is full of uh, download cards for cheap prices. Well, then I was gonna say, then yeah. I mean, after that, then the car, then there just won't be any games at all, you know, theoretically. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I think I think retailers are, you know, really looking at that as a reality. So I mean, they're just kind of scared; they don't want to lose that, you know, bit of market. Hmm. The only the only thing that was actually cheaper on the eShop than in retail stores is surprisingly enough New Art Academy. Hmm. Because um, New Art Academy is on the eShop thirty five euros and in stores it's forty. <laughs> there you go. First saving online, there you go. Yeah. But the, the other two are, the other two like Quiggy Forms Deluxe and New Super Mario Bros. two are, are exactly their retail price. What what I imagine will happen in you know the next few years is that you'll have the box and then there'll be just kind of like a little um, kind of envelope uh, next to the box with the card in so you can just choose the game the physical game or the card and it's just like every game will be like that it'll just be the box and the card next to each other that's what I assume that's what they're heading towards the future I hope of. so yeah so would you guys buy the the download cards in that situation in the future if they were cheaper and, you know, like, let's just say $5 cheaper, just for the sake of argument. For me, it kind of depends on the game. I mean, typically, like, most games, I probably don't mind having, like, a physical cartridge, like, you know, Mario. But if it's something like, you know, Oni Training or Animal Crossing, I want that on my system all the time. Uh, if it's, you know, yeah. something uh, obscure or just something, I don't know, dumb, <laughs> like they remake Mario yeah. 64, it's like, uh, and it's like you know forty dollars or something. It's like uh, what? <laughs> I probably wouldn't buy it anyways. But you know, I I don't know. It's just it. Well, on the Vita, uh, well, Minoru, you are Japanese yes. and you have a Vita, right? Right. <laughs> so Vita, Vita games are cheaper, right? Yes, uh, I <laughs> think it's about uh, uh, ten hundred yen cheaper, a thousand yen, a thousand yen cheaper than the physical copies. Hmm. Nice. Okay. And and what uh, what about your Vita games? The, f the funny part is that I actually bought a second uh, memory card for my Vita so I can have my Japanese account on there. <laughs> so, Minoru, do you buy games um, all retail or do you download games for your Vita? Uh, I downloaded uh, all the games I have uh, online. Okay, so you're pretty much going full digital with your 3DS and Vita now. Yes, uh, since I bought uh, iPhone, uh, mm, I mm, I don't want to swap a cartridge. I see. Do you, do your fellow Japanese feel the same as you, like your gamer friends? Uh, 
Actually, I have not many gamer friends in Japan. Uh, yeah, all all the others are foreigners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, Minori, what about me? Come on, you hurt my feelings, man. Nope. <laughs> so, um, so do you think that you know Japanese in general would they would they favor digital because you know they've been using. Mobile phones with apps for years, right? Years before the iPhone came along. So, do you think they're ready for that now? Yes, I think so. Okay, maybe it's going to take off faster in Japan than the West. For me, it's for me, it's just more convenient for to have like digital copies on my、uh, Vita and on my 3DS from Japan because it would save me tons of money, like getting it here. Yeah, I think me and Danny talked about this with Wii U,、yeah. like. You know, when I don't know, if, Danny, you said you're going to buy a Japanese and an American system, yes. right? And I may end up buying just one of those. I don't think I'll buy two Wii U's, <laughs> but、um, you know, either way, I'm going to save a lot of money if I get an American one by just you know downloading games, like Dan's doing at the moment with Japanese games. So it's definitely an interesting future. But you know, RFN have talked about this, especially with Johnny's、um, incident with his、uh, lost 3DS. You know how you know there's there's no account system. You know getting stuff back is a pain. You know you have to file police reports <laughs> to get games back. You know stupid things like that, which could all be fixed with an account system, but、um, which the 3DS doesn't really have at the moment. So that's why it's a little bit scary. You know thinking about downloading you know forty dollar games and filling up you know memory cards with those kind of games. That's a little bit scary to think about that, but you know. I may change over time. Who knows? <laughs> I just hope they fix it with Wii U. Okay, well let's、um, let's just take a quick break there because that was a quite a long、uh, a new business for mine.、Um, so let's just take a little musical break and we'll come back with Danny. So Danny, what you been playing, dude?、Uh, I've been playing a lot of different things here lately.、Um, you know, I had mentioned, I think, on the last one that、um, I- I've been playing a-, a lot of Eternal Darkness, and I finally beat that. And、um, nice. The next, the next game I picked up, aside from New Super Mario Brothers 2,、um, I-, I wanted something a little bit more cheerful <laughs> after playing Eternal Darkness. You know, and、um, so I decided, hey, I've never beaten New Super Mario Brothers Wii, so why not? Especially after just playing New Super Mario Brothers 2, and actually, to be honest, like playing it, I was kind of horrified with how many similar things were in that, that you know that I found <laughs> in New Super Mario Brothers 2. Like even like part of the last bit with like some of the last boss, some of the stuff was really like ridiculously familiar, and I was just like, that、mm. is ridiculous.、Yeah. Um, I mean,、uh, it, it's still fun. I mean, it'd probably be. I think the first time I did play it, I played it with like three or four people, and that was quite a bit of fun, but kind of annoying when、huh. everybody would bounce on your head and knock you down a hole. <laughs> but、um, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun.、Um, yeah, there's really not much else to say about it because I mean, it, it's super similar to you know New Super Mario Brothers 2, and you know, in all the good ways.、Um, you know, did you has... play it with、um, casual players when you played it multiplayer? No, these guys are actually they're pretty hardcore. Okay, but we're just like screwing each other up, <laughs> so. Hardcore, dude. Yeah, 
just because I remember to pick up, what is it? To pick up people or to pick up blocks or something, you have to hold one and then shake the remote. And that was really hard to explain to like people who don't play games a lot. Yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of that, and I wasn't really a huge fan of the propeller mushroom, you know, that suit. Um, it's just... Oh. It's just kind of annoying to use. So that's why I was really glad about you know the uh, Super Leaf coming to suit New Super Mario Brothers Two because that's a lot easier to use and just a lot more fun. Um, True. Weedy, I, 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 I like the uh, the propeller. I just don't like it because like when I guess when you're going forward a little bit, you know, you can kind of have a little bit of momentum, but as you're coming down, you're just like going really slow. I don't know. It's just kind of lame, but. Are you gonna download any um, of the the level packs now? You've, now you've completed it. Oh, did you complete it? Yeah, I did. I, I beat did. all eight worlds. I thought about going and getting all the star coins, and then I realized that I'm not insane, and <laughs> just stopped. Been there, like, done that. Yeah, it's like, man, I don't know. That's, that wouldn't be. That would be. You know, it'd probably be fun, and it'd be really challenging to do. And then I could play these cool new levels, but I don't know. I got a really big backlog, so I just figured, you know, the hell with it. I'll just skip out on it and you've got am i missing out on the best of the game do you think the the world nine stuff yeah there's some pretty cool levels in there but yeah but okay. i was actually talking about um actually you know going homebrew and then downloading a whole new world pack. yeah i know i know yeah, yeah. i don't know i i might um it just Come on, what the hell? The Wii U's just around the corner you're not going to use your Wii anymore <laughs> <laughs> no i just I, mod it <laughs> actually i need to because um sooner or later i'll be getting the last story from don and then I'll be able to play it <laughs> on either my Japanese or my American Wii, the European version. So that'll be cool. So I, and then to what I really want to do, because I want to play uh, uh, the you know Donkey Kong Country Returns, and I really don't like the idea of having to shake the remote to roll. It just sounds terrible. So right, it is. Yeah, I, I want to implement some of the different little packs and stuff like that for that. So. Yeah, I don't know how I opened all the special stages with that. Without, I didn't even. I've, I mean, I've modded my Wii, but I didn't download the the patch for that when uh -huh. I could when I could have. <laughs> <laughs> I somehow just kind of got on with it. <laughs> but yeah, I think I might try that that patch out someday. See what it does. Yeah, I think yeah. you can even use the hmm. classic controller with the patch. Yeah, you can. You can. So that's why I want to use it because, I mean. Donkey Kong Country games are usually pretty difficult, and I don't. And having a shake mechanic to do something as basic as like a roll or you know whatnot, it's just that's just no fun. I don't see that as being enjoyable. I see that as just pissing me off and making me never want to play the game again. Hmm. So could hmm. happen. Before I get to that point, I'll, I'll uh, you know have this little thing on my Wii. So that sounds great. A thing on my Wii. <laughs> anyway. Um, the other thing I've been playing quite a bit of too is uh, Oni Training, and um, you know I got it on, on launch day, and I've been doing quite a bit of stuff with that. Make you know Kawashima's making me feel like an idiot as usual, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've been having a lot of fun with. Um, there's like one of the thing, yeah. There's there's one game that I really like, um, in just like the it's kind of like speed brain training or something. Something it's kind of doing the Oni Training stuff, but it's not like the main Oni Training stuff. But it's like, uh, but it's like it's like those uh, those classic things from the original. Yeah, exactly. Two. And um, yeah, like the kanji, like writing the kanji like as fast as you can, 
Um, that's a lot of fun and really good like practice for me, even though it's sloppy as shit because I'm going really fast. <laughs> and then I'm like looking, yeah, I'm looking at it and I'm just thinking like, how the hell did you recognize this? I wasn't even done writing the kanji yet, but okay. <laughs> so that, that's kind of fun. I'm a, I'm a little further than Danny in how much events I have because I've been playing it actively every single day since the launch day. Yeah, I have, I have not done me that. Me too. So. So I, I quite I now that I have almost every single event I j decided to every single day mix up a little bit. So yesterday I did a little bit of solitaire, and what did I else do? I did one of the only events. I think I did a block only event where you have to um, recognize where they're going to separate corners and then touch them on the touch screen okay. in the right um, order. Yeah, I have that. That's fun. So when you say Oni, Oni event, is that like a harder version of the original one or something? No, it's it just one of the Oni events, just the regular Oni events, because there are Oni events, they're, they're, they're rekindled events from the, the first two games, mm -hmm. um, they're uh, memory events, um, and there are the relax events. But yeah, Dr. Mario, right? <laughs> Dr. Mario, uh, another game that resembles Wario's Woods and... A, a literal relax mode with all kinds of different music you can listen to and then close it and listen on your headphones. It's really relaxing. <laughs> yeah, you know, with it's kind of like hard to explain, and sometimes I, I kind of under, forget how this actually works. But, you know, the original brain training games, the idea was that, you know, every day you're maybe kind of losing, uh, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> not losing your mind, I guess, but, um, you know, sometimes there's just like simple stuff that you kind of just forget how to do and then your brain just gets dull and you're not as sharp as like what you would have been maybe when you were like a kid actively doing like, for example, uh, you know, simple addition, mathematical problems, stuff like that. Um, so that the, I, the main goal behind those games is to kind of sharpen your brain, to try to keep your brain age as young as possible. Whereas with Oni training, it's supposed to, uh, what the hell did they say? It essentially kind of like prove like how you think not and, and yeah embrace your uh, brain power yeah basically sense. like in, increase the capacity yeah. of your brain not like physically but um. <laughs> <laughs> thinking think thinking outside of the box basically yeah and you know they give a lot of examples like you know hey even when you're like cooking or even playing sports or something you know you're doing different and he does it in the in the most fun way possible because every single time like dr karashima has his own animation where he does stuff in. yeah it's fun. like um you'll see him for example playing dr mario and he's like oh i lost yeah <laughs> even sometimes you see him like playing like i think he was playing brain training one time basically i mean with his ds like turn sideways and stuff and no he was he was playing he was playing uh, dr oh, mario okay I just completed the, uh, the I just completed the street pass puzzle of Oni training, <laughs> and in that one, when you when you completed the animation, is it him like checking his mobile phone? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got one of those yeah. little like um, <laughs> Ktai beads kind of hanging off it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like a salary man. It's great. Uh, he 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 does that. He does that too in the regular game too. He does lots of that little things which you which you can experience yourself in the game. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm, you know, working on that. And actually, another thing I'm working on too is this is kind of crazy, and I've never really done this. But like, you know, there's an Iwata asks, you know, with Kawashima and Iwata, and um, I'm working on like translating that. And uh, you know, unless Nintendo releases or has plans to release the game in the next couple of months, then if that happens, then my translating has been for nothing <laughs> because I'll have the Iwata asks out and it'd be already translated. But 
either way, it'd be good. You know, it's just good practice in Japanese and stuff. And uh, hey, should yeah, we put bets on what they're going to call this thing in English? God, I have no um, idea. They, but... they can't call it demon training or devil training because no. you know, the uh, in America, that's going to cause. Uh, some trouble yeah it's just a cultural difference and i don't know how they're going to get around it but i have no idea Olga training you you're you're you you know europe has been so weird as of late i wouldn't be surprised if they would actually call it only training hmm. you know what the between europe and japan and america all the brain training games have had different names in every territory <laughs> it's, yeah it's like dr kawashima how to train your brain or something in, in five UK. minutes oh oh really no, no, in the UK, the original one. Okay. And then it well, was well, like... no, it was Dr. Karishima's brain training, how to train your brain, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but in America, it was just yeah. called brain training or something. Oh, brain age. Brain but, age, but, thank but you. Even, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but even the, even the DSiWare ones, I think, um, in America, it was called Brain Age Express. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And in Europe, it was called a little bit of brain training. Ah, and it was in right. Japan called Choto and then uh, the name so the european name and the japanese name were very similar in that sense Good but point. the american Good names point, yeah. were um were very were very different actually yeah i, d I have no idea what the hell they're going to call this thing <laughs> yeah especially in america i think i think if um europe is sometimes very very name accurate and um i think they are embracing japanese culture anymore so again i wouldn't actually be surprised if they would call it only training because Oni is a sort of a demon in Japan, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like an ogre. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they are doing a cultural thing. You know what? I can just see in America uh, just calling it Brain Age 3. <laughs> Something really boring <laughs> like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously they'd have to change the demon aesthetic and, you know, oh, stuff like Brain that. Brain Age 3D? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so, uh, Danny, just uh, while you're talking about on, um, Oni training, mm -hmm. um, my my wife hasn't played uh, the DS since like before we had our uh, son. Mm -hmm. um, she just like just hasn't been interested in games at all. Mm -hmm. But like now he's, he's he's over like one year old now. He's getting bigger and he's like you know doing stuff on his own. He doesn't need constant uh, you know constantly watched. And is and. Um, she just randomly asked me one day, like, you know, so what's going on with the DS? Have you got any new games or something? And I'm like, okay, yeah, um, you like brain training back in the day. Try this one. So I uh, let her play the demo of um, Oni training, and she absolutely loved it. She was like, you have to buy this. <laughs> and um, so I, that was kind of like related to me look, going around looking for like the, the digital version for cheap because like I didn't want to be swapping brain training and whatever game I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want to be swapping the cartridges back and forth, so I, just, I kind of wanted the digital version, like you did, Danny. Mm -hmm. But, you know, because I can't find it for a good price anywhere, I'm probably going to have to end up buying the cartridge version, because I found it for, like, 2,700 yen. Whoa. It's, like, crazy <laughs> wow, cheap. Wow, that's, that's, that's a really good price. Yeah, it's really, really cheap. And that's, for people who don't know, that's, like, easily, like, I don't know, $15 off the main price. Yeah. Probably more, right? Like maybe twenty dollars off, really good price for it. So I'll probably end up buying the cartridge version, even though I don't want to. But there you go. That's um, kind of interesting because I think I promised like a, an update of like because uh, we talked about when Super Mario 3D Land came out. It was probably the uh, mm -hmm. Tanuki Onsen episode, <laughs> um, 
and I said, you know, uh, it'd be interesting to know, like, will my wife be able to play a 3D Mario game? Uh, I think we were talking about do Japanese people like play 3D Mario games anymore, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I gave it to my wife, and she she played Mario 3D Land for all of 60 seconds, and she's like, nope, don't get it. <laughs> um, she just like straight out. She didn't understand the circle pad. She didn't understand why he was going into the screen and, and back away from the screen and stuff. <laughs> And well, first of all, she used the D-pad, Uh-oh. and which doesn't work in 3D land. <laughs> um, so with New Super Mario Brothers 2 and uh, Oni Training, these are like two games that you know my wife can really get into because she's a master of the 2D Mario games. You know, uh, she's completed you know all the original Mario 2D Mario games. So it's not like she's inept at games or something. Mm-hmm. But it's just you know when it comes to 3D games, it's just like does not compute. <laughs> <laughs> She's not like uh, Matt's wife, for example, who's a, a hardcore gamer, I think. <laughs> Hundreds of hours with certain games that we'll talk about Yes. Later. <laughs> Spoilers. Okay, then. So, uh, let's move on to Minoru. Okay. You've been quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you've been talking a lot, Minoru. <laughs> not letting you speak. Okay. Uh, From now on, it's all you. Yeah. Uh, after I beat New Super Mario Bros. 2, I started playing 3D Land and the original New Super Mario Bros. again. Nice. Yeah, and I found I prefer 3D Land, like many of mm-hmm. you. And yeah. speaking of New Super Mario DS, it's more challenging than 2. I'm not sure. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure which of the two is more difficult in terms of level design, but in every other respect, mm, I think the original is more difficult. Don't you think so? Yeah. I, f- I think the level design was kind of it was kind of different. It felt really fresh on the DS one, and that thing that what made it kind of difficult. And when you go now to New Super Mario Bros. 2, it feels like you really can feel it's a younger team who made this, and they made it intentionally a little bit easier. Agreed. Yeah. And uh, the reason why I thought uh, the original one is more difficult is, mm, for one thing, uh, Raccoon Mario makes platforming easier in two. And uh, the gold block works like a shield for one hit. And, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you more frequently get extra lives in the, in the seeker, of course. The, and, the coin yeah. Is like... yeah. I, th- I think extra lives is an understatement. I think I have over <laughs> 350 now. <Yeah. laughs> and interestingly enough, in the original New Super Mario, uh, I'm more motivated to collect the coins because they are more precious and <laughs> I need to get the extra lives. Yeah. About the coin block head thing, I think many people forget that is actually in 3D land. Yeah. It's in I think it's in like well, one it, or it, two it stages, is. but it's in there. But but the but the, but the coin block only in 3D land only gave like 50 coins and here it gives 100 coins? Yeah, but just people are talking like it's like a brand new thing, you know, and no, but, but well, even Nintendo is saying it's a brand new thing. So. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's in 3D Land. It's only in like two levels, yeah. but it's in there. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Minario, go on. And I think the original is more creative in terms of level design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Enough of bitching about New Super Mario 2. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. And aside from Mario and Oni Training, I picked up a box copy of X, which is a Japan exclusive title released 20 years ago, developed by N- Nintendo. Do you know the game? And uh, and then and then Cuthbert. Dylan Cuthbert. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. 
it's for Game Boy and it's a full 3D first person shooter in a broad sense. I mean, you control a tank and the perspective is from the cockpit. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Uh, as you may expect from this, uh, it looks like nothing and it's very, very unique. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, first of all... Did uh, you... Uh, can I ask you a question? Did you ever play X-Returns on DSiWare? Yes, uh, I played it. Did uh, you like it? Yeah, yes. I also like it Great. too. Hmm. So that's why you thought from, I want to play the original. Uh, well, to me, uh, it's the opposite. Uh, I mm, okay. picked up <laughs> the original X first. Ah, okay, yeah. I see. And, and the reason why it's very unique, uh, first of all, this game is technology-driven as well as technologically ambitious. For example, in the manual, you expect the story comes first, but actually, uh, before the story, you see a passage titled On the 3D Effect. It starts like uh, 3D space simulation is a technology to reproduce phase-free three-dimension space where we ultimately live via advanced programming technique, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, <laughs> of course, amazing. yeah, it's rare. And, of course, 3D does not mean stereoscopic 3D here, or it does not mean polygonal 3D either. Wireframe, right? Yeah, yes, in this game, everything is represented in wireframe, and no sprites are used. For example, when you beat some kinds of enemy, you'll get a wireframe mushroom, <laughs> because this is a Nintendo title. Huh? That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it replenishes your armor, interestingly enough. <laughs> yeah, naturally. And <laughs> no. <All right>. <laughs> Actually not. <laughs> and naturally it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's art style is literally minimal and very, very simple. So actually it's sometimes difficult to identify things, but in most cases it's okay. And even your supervisor is represented in wireframe. You see his head alone floating just like Dr. Kawashima. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. And the boss is hilarious and he has no horns, but in tutorials, if you don't follow his instruction, he gets mad like, you idiot, do as I told you, or in the battlefield, you would be killed. And he slaps you. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. Is that like yeah. a, does it look like an oni? Uh, somewhat so. Okay. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it is like a precursor to uh, brain training then. <laughs> yes, and it's also uh, a precursor of Star Fox, and because uh, sure. just like Star Fox, and this game has a formal tutorial session, and you are trained how to control the tank in three modes. Most of the time, you uh, the tank runs on the ground, but when you go through tunnels, it's like an on-rail shooter, somewhat similar to Star Fox. And I should mention the designer of X. Uh, as you said, it was created by a British genius, Dylan Cuthbert. Yeah. Hmm. After X, he worked, yeah, he worked on Star Fox as a lead programmer, and later he founded Q Games. And surprisingly enough, he was a teenager when he made X. Uh, it's amazing, yeah. And that, and because he made that, he got invited. Uh, he invited uh, Miyamoto to his wedding, right? <laughs> Have oh, you guys really? seen that photo? 
Dylan yeah. Cuthbert's oh. wedding and Miyamoto is there. It's like some British church. And uh, and uh, and Sakamoto because yeah. Sakamoto actually worked together with Dylan Cuthbert on X. Yes. It is like the dream story, isn't it? It's like you know you come to Japan and you know you work for Nintendo. <laughs> it's like. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I and I, I if 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 and I want to say to people if this sounds really interesting to you and you haven't played like. Um, in America, it's called Xscape. In Japan, it's called Xterns. And in Europe, for some reason, it's called 3D Space Tank. <laughs> Don't ask me why. <laughs> sounds but generic. It, yeah, yeah, it sounds really generic. And we also got it at, at at last. We got it at last, so that was cool too. If that is, if this sounds really interesting you to you, go buy that game. It's excellent. It's an excellent DSiWare game. It's uh, it, it's made by uh, Q Games and um, SPD Production Group too. Um, it's again designed by Dylan Cuthbert, um, and the music is again just like with the original. It's from uh, Totoka. So Minori, you bought the original Game Boy cartridge. Did it come in a box with the instructions yes. as well? Yes. That's awesome. And was it good? Yeah. Good condition. Yes. And how uh, much was it? It was, I think, uh, one thousand yen. Okay, that's quite pricey for a GB game, but not too bad, right? Yes. Well, uh, it, 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 it's a very rare game too. I yeah. kind of want to have it actually. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. Oh, they need to release it on the virtual console. Well, at this point, I would uh, ask people to look at their uh, iPhones or whatever and look at the album art because I'm sure Danny's put the uh, the box art for this game. It's right there, right in front of it's your right eyes. It's right there. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Do you like the game? Is it fun to play? Yes, of course. Yes, and. Okay, uh, to get back from the digression, mm-hmm. uh, in addition to the on-ground mode and on-rail mode, your tank can fly, and when you fly, the control changes to an all-range mode. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but obviously it's not always easy to control a flying vehicle with only one D-pad on the game board. <laughs> and yeah. so, at the same time, you need to care about a bunch of meters on the screen, like radar, timer, gauge, map, and so on. <laughs> so this Whoa. game is not so approachable as a typical Nintendo games, and probably even more so back in 1992. <laughs> yeah, it's very un-Nintendo in this respect. So you've got this tiny screen, and it's got a radar and like other yes. gauges on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the complete yeah. opposite of Wii U, isn't it? You, Wii U, you've got a <laughs> yeah. massive HD screen and and they take off yeah. all the uh, <laughs> but, but, but this is all kind of off. stuff that they, they, they fixed with the DSiRA game and for people who never played X they even have um, included like flashback scenes from the original game <laughs> flashbacks yeah, yeah uh, it looks like uh, the original X yeah it is an original X but it, it, in, in many ways it's a better game yes yeah yeah um, but uh, to be fair I have to say Nintendo made everything a single effort to make uh, the original oh, yeah. ac- accessible. In addition to the tutorial, the game comes with a 40 page long detailed manual, <laughs> plus another big hmm. folded sheet of paper which contains FAQs, troubleshooting tips, quick reference of control scheme and <laughs> meters and a map. That's and awesome. there's also a briefing by the supervisor at the beginning of each session. Each mission, uh, it explains what you have to do in the mission, 
and these days definitely made the game approachable and playable. Mm -hmm. And speaking of missions, and they are really engaging, and I was very impressed with their diversity, ranging from uh, destroying a certain number of objects, rescuing someone, escorting something, and other crazier ones like going into the enemy's tunnels and drop a bomb inside at a certain point huh. and you have to escape from the tunnels before it explodes. Hmm. Yeah, so you need to do everything you tank can throughout the game. That and sounds very some... much like Star Fox, doesn't it? Uh, yes, indeed. And in some missions, uh, you have multiple solutions. Yeah. Also, um, while you are carrying out a mission, you are informed on the changing situations, like a base is under attack or enemies are coming. So uh, that's pretty incredible for 1992 Game Boy game. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I think it's really a shame that this very un-Japanese first-person game was not and has never been released in the West. And it's a game for Western gamers, I think, rather than a game for Japanese gamers. And if it had been released in the West in 1992, it definitely would have blown every single Western <laughs> gamer's mind. But uh, at least they fixed that with the original. And again, I think it, it's a game that released was in 2010. I think that everybody owns it to itself to at least buy that game. Because it's one of the best games on DSiWare. It's like uh -huh, Star yeah. Fox Zero. <laughs> the prequel. <laughs> According to uh, Wikipedia, Hip Tanaka did the soundtrack as well. Has it got yes. some good music? Yep. Wow. Yes, and... All the soundtracks are great, and I think one of the uh, one of them are used in the Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah. You can just go to the jukebox mode, right, and, and uh, find it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome! What a blast yeah, from so, the past. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope it will be released worldwide on 3DS Virtual Console. Ah, good point. Or releasing a 3D Classics remake may be better <laughs> because it's a 3D game and it really deserves to be called a classic. Nice. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, I think I said it for the fifth time now. Fifth time now. Go buy that DSiWare game. Yeah. Because, yeah. DSi yeah. Games is also very, very good. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, then. So let's wrap up some new business with Don. So, Swinging your arms in the air like I just don't care. <laughs> so, Dan, you have been to Gamescom, which um, yeah. a couple of episodes back you said is better than E3. So, was it better than E3 this year? I, I mean, I, I didn't say it was better. I said it was bigger. Bigger. Yeah, I okay. said it was bigger, especially with the public audience that comes in there. Okay. And I will, I will tell you. As I told in the episode that last year was insane, especially on Saturday. It was already insane on Thursday this year. The entire hall was filled and they had to close one of the entrances. Crazy. After, after one hour of opening it. So this is like the third time you've played Wii U games. And us guys in Japan, we still haven't even touched the gamepad at all. We haven't even seen it. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, yeah. So, um, um, so what games did you play this time? 
So I played new builds for Zombie U and um, Raymond Origins. Um, I saw also a few presentations for uh, Your Shape 2013, uh, Sports Connection, Just Dance 4, and what? And Rabbit's Land. So all Ubisoft stuff. Yeah. So the the Sports um, Connection and the uh, the fitness game. Um, yeah. do, are they comprised of a lot of mini games? Um, well, the the Your Shape game. Um, I think that possibly a few people who have an Xbox 360 and a Kinect played those games, and those games were like the best Kinect games out there. Um, they used the gest gestures really well, and they um, utilize like the motion tracking really well. With with Wii U, they do the same, but then with the Wii U gamepad, because all of the all of your options, like selecting the different activities you do, uh, checking your stats. Uh, connecting online to see to compare stats of other people is on the Wii U gamepad. Um, That's pretty cool. And they did a they did a very fantastic job of um, comprising that together. Um, That's what Wii Fit should have had back, right? Or at least Wii Fit Plus. They had the chance to put online stuff in. They didn't. No, they didn't. Yeah. Um, so what I've been told about uh, this version of Your Shape, there was already a lot of connectivity in the Xbox One. What I've been told for the Wii U version is that every single event, so kickboxing, dancing, the game-like stuff, everything, what name you, will have an online leaderboard. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Brave new world for Nintendo games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can also... Um, check your stats and how you're progressing with burning calories daily and compared to friends online through Miiverse. Mm. Nice. And um, they also give you daily and weekly challenges to compete in. So it's like they've looked at Wii Fit and then tried to improve on it and um, well, I hope Nintendo themselves they have did done that with Wii Fit U. <laughs> yeah, but actually what I've seen so far of Your Shape 2014 is actually quite impressive. Um, they had like these. Um, one of the games was called Zen Lotus, and you would hold the Wii U gamepad. You would sit on the floor and in, in like an uh, in like a stance, mm -hmm. and you would move the Wii U gamepad around, and you have to follow like lines of light and um, how long you would do it correctly. Um, a combo would fill in, and um, it would tell you how in balance you were on the Wii U gamepad as well. While you were seeing um, the full imagery on the television and the television screen, which was really good fun, actually. Um, I played. Sorry. Uh, don't you think it's ironic that we're finding out more about Nintendo's online structure through a fitness game than we are through Nintendo themselves? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is. It is kind. Of, it, it, it's kind of strange, and um, the the interesting thing is they are using for all the activities they're using like. Uh, a Wii Remote Plus controller, so they're not using the regular one. Thank God. So, um, so they also have like kickboxing, and similar to how um, it tracks in the later Just Dance games, it checks it, it checks your movement pretty well. It checks your movement in like the kickboxing exercises really damn well. Hmm. Um, and all of that stuff, all of that, all your stats you can see on the Wii U gamepad. The activities on the television screen, you can change it to the Wii U gamepad if you want to. Um, but in the regular mode, you will have the activity on the screen with no else, no else to cluster it up like your stats or anything. 
Dead Soul on the Wii U gamepad. Nice. Um, it, it was a really nice presentation. I played a bit afterwards on the show floor itself because they had a public build available. Um, I talked to the developer for like a half hour afterwards and gave them very good feedback on what I liked about it. Um, it was one of the games that surprised me because they said to me they didn't have the room for it at E3, so they had to kind of do it at Gamescom. Um, but it's also a German developer, so it was basically in their backyard. I was, um, I was about to make a joke about Americans and fitness games, but I won't do that. You should do it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but the, um, I, I was really impressed with that game. Uh, it really shocked me how good that game actually was. Um, Sports Connection on the hand, because you, that's not a game you asked about. That's actually total crap. <laughs> Is it a mini game collection? Yeah. Um, and they also use a, a Wii Remote Plus. Uh, I noticed a lot of, of those games were using a Wii Remote Plus. Um, but here, it was basically a hunk and uh, a baseball mini game where you were holding the Wii U gamepad, uh, the Wii U, no, the Wii U, no, the the Wii controller as a bat, and you would ha- had to swing the ball. But uh, the motion not seemed very accurate. It was a bit all over the place. Uh, the gamepad stuff was actually cool, where you would catch the ball with the Wii U controller and um, um, decide where you would throw the ball and then watch direct in which direction. That was actually pretty neat, but the stuff with the with the Wii remote was actually kind of crap. Mm. Um, I have I have a trouble trouble thinking about yeah. you know with the gamepad with these kind of party mini game kind of things, like with the sports mm-hmm. mini games. There's like there's not really many things you can do with the gamepad because you can't. You can't throw it around and use it like a bat or yeah. something. That that has to be done by Wii Remote. So the gamepad just has to be doing something, like you said, like catching something. Or, or sitting on the floor and you're, it's golf. You know, like they think yeah, it should exactly. be. I mean, there's, there's very yeah. few things you can do with the gamepad in those kind of sports games. Like, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of active, you know, like... I mean, they were showing us type. a karting game, and what they all, what they solely did was changing the imagery from the television to the Wii U gamepad with a press of a button. I was like, I wasn't really impressed by that. It was basically the same motion if you would use a Wii wheel. <laughs> um, yeah. Hmm. So that wasn't very interesting. Um, then they showed us Just Dance 4, which was actually pretty good fun. Uh, they showed us some more of the puppeteer mode and what the full mode entails. So not only can you choose what um, moves the, the other people with the Wii remotes are going to do, but you can also take pictures and video and throw uh, own written notes on the screen so people can see it on the television. <laughs> and you um, and actually can, uh, can send videos and photos through social media, um, which is kind of crazy. You mean like um, Facebook or Miiverse? They they ha- they haven't specified. I think Miiverse or Facebook, but they didn't didn't really specify it directly. Okay. Um. So they were kind of on the wraps about it, and they didn't want to tell us what it directly meant. Which which game was the um the kind of go karting game part of? Was that Sports Connection or something? else? Yeah, uh, Sports Connection. Okay. Sports Did Connection. you play that? I played it. It, it felt alright, but it wasn't. It was pretty mediocre. Just like you. Just a bog standard karting game. Yeah, yeah. No power ups or anything. Just race. No, just just karting. Yeah. Is that one like um, a five player, like four player split screen plus another one on the gamepad? Because that's what the video kind of looked like. 
made it. Look yeah, like you can you can you can, you you can do that. You can yeah. do that. That that seems interesting. Yeah. Maybe not the game itself, but like the technology or the idea of having a five-player game like that, um, or even yeah. just a two-player game, one on the TV, one on the pad. That sounds interesting. But yeah, definitely the game not so much. So. Made. Uh, we saw also Rayman. Um, so we also saw Rabbit's Land, which wasn't any different from what we saw at E3 because they showed us the exact same mini games. Okay. They showed us the 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 board feature where you actually um, would roll the die and, and walk across uh, like the party board. It was it seemed pretty interesting stuff. Uh, nothing, not not the best stuff I've seen, but it was pretty cool. Was there was there any crossover of the mini games like between Nintendo Land and the Rabbit's games and the other games? Were there any like Mini games that felt very similar to each other, or were they all kind not of not really, uh, not not really, because Nintendo Land is more focused on slightly longer events, mm-hmm. events without a time limit, but with like a hard counter or that kind of stuff. The, the events in Rabbit's Land were very timely based, like at most like sixty seconds. Okay, I gotcha. Um, so that's the major difference between those two. But there was a ghost hunting one in Rabbit's, right? <laughs> No. I saw one with like um, using the gamepad to kind of look for ghosts, and the and the guy with the Wii remote kind of sucks the ghosts up or something. I, I'm not sure what you're talking about. I'm sorry. It was in Rabbit's um, Land. Oh, maybe they didn't show that. No, I, 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 I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, okay. But it just looked very similar to the Nintendo Land one, and it just got me a bit worried that you know all yeah. these mini game collections are going to be very similar. But mm-hmm. I hope not. Um, after that, I went to another room and played uh, Rayman Legends, um, which they showed us a very hard new uh, lava level and a second uh, musical level, uh, similar to the one we saw at E3. Right. And that, that was pretty neat stuff. Um, I really, really liked it. I played both with the Wii U gamepad and with the Wii U con- Pro Controller, which I didn't have enough time with during E3. Uh, the Pro Controller feels actually pretty nice to hold in the hands, but it, it feels exactly like kind of an Xbox controller. Did it rumble? Um, no, it didn't have any rumble. Huh. So it won't have rumble at all? No. I thought oh, that it okay. did. But yeah, I thought it was supposed uh, to. No. I don't think it has rumble. Did it feel too light to have rumble in it? Like. Uh, it, it felt a bit light, yeah, but it wasn't... I actually find that nice because it makes it more comfortable to hold. Oh, right. But I didn't. I so far I heard there wasn't really any rumble in it. Oh, that's a shame. Um, yeah. The final thing that I played was um, was Zombie U. And we saw a new part where we were inside of Buckingham Palace. <laughs> um, and we're we're shooting royal guards, and they were very aggressive, but very hard to beat. Um, so I lost a few survivors along the way, and then had to restart with a brand new survivor. So I saw what, what that system is like, um, and you have to find the old survivor who t- is turned into a zombie and um, and shoot it, and then reclaim all of your ammo and all of your guns and stuff. So it, it was pretty interesting setup. Um, they also talked to me about how they're gonna have like an um, like a survival mode where you only have one life and play for the entirety <laughs> of the game with just that one life. Jesus. But you still die as easily as normal. Yeah, Whoa. and the game was already incredibly difficult, but it was insanely fun. It felt as incredibly survival horror. Hmm. But um, it was insanely hard. 
Yeah, it does look uh, kind of hard. But, yeah. The Wii U gamepad stuff, like, you can access your bad back with a swipe on the Wii U gamepad, and does it very accurately. Um, but, the, playing the game itself, I felt really uncomfortable, because I didn't... I felt I was doing it very, very wrong. Well, I was, wasn't at all. It was just a very difficult game on its own. A very good game, but a very difficult game. Are you a first-person shooter, dual sticks kind of guy, or? Um, kind of, sorta. I don't play much first-person shooters, but when I do, it has to be an interesting experience for me. So this feels kind of different. Mm-hmm. So interesting enough for me to think about its purchase. Um, but at the same time, again, it was quite difficult. Um, so I kind of have to take that into consideration. Although you can play it with the Wii U Pro Controller if you want to. I played it with the Wii U GamePad. Um, if you play with the Pro, are you supposed to just kind of put the GamePad like, on the stand and just kind of look at it for the map or something? Or is it not used at oh, all? You, 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 can, you can still look at the radar on the Wii U GamePad, oh, cool. but, uh, it, you, you can, but you can just put it in a stand. Uh, the rest of the features easily work with buttons, so it, it's, it's not too much of a worry. I, I could see a lot of um, you know people migrating from the Xbox or whatever if they get a Wii U. I could just see them using the Wii Pro controller and then just having the gamepad in front of them, you know, for like you said, radar or just like in multiplayer showing the the kills and deaths ratio or things like that. Um, mm-hmm. If people don't want to use that huge controller for hours on end, you know, seems like a, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Seems like a good idea. Um, so that's the gust of I played. I played loads of other things for other platforms. I think I played um, Metal Gear Revengeance. Revengeance. <laughs> and that was actually really insanely cool. Nice. That that that's not my most anticipated title of um, this of this upcoming. Are year. you actually cutting people up, or is it, or are they actually just like spanking them with the sword? <laughs> so, so what you do is you hold a trigger. And then, with the right stick, you can actually decide how you slice, like, your enemies. And then you put it uh, you put it back and then give it a gigantic swap with your sword. It's all sorts of insane. And then there is this, like, um, this very quick feature where you do multiple swipes with a sword. And then it ranks up to, like, 50 hits to all of insanity, like, a bayonetta style Um it's um, it's crazy, but uh, it was fun uh, to play. These people, it was really, really fun to play. Are these people or androids or robots? Watermelons. That you're killing? <laughs> I, I, no, I think they were actual people, but I <laughs> think um, Raiden is kind of half-part android. No, just like the idea of cutting real people in half kind of thing, you know. Those kind of games have kind of got into trouble in the past, so like, you know, especially in Japan, I just can't see that getting past the senses somehow. But it it does it to the point it does it to the point where it's ridiculous. <laughs> so it it does it to the point where it's very like rational for it to happen in real life. Mm-hmm. It does it to the point where you just don't care anymore. You know, I, I like that I like that aspect. You know, actually, you said you're using like the analog stick to control like where the sword is, basically. That's awesome because like actually one of my uh, a Star Wars game that I like on the original Xbox called Obi Wan, like they use the right mm-hmm. analog stick to basically control your lightsaber, which is great. But like everything else about the mm-hmm. game was awful, like the visuals and the voice acting and the camera and the controls, aside from the lightsaber. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so... for a Konami game that actually seemed alright in this time cool. around. So it, 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 it pretty interests me, that title now. I wasn't really high on the agenda for it. I think we looked at the, the, the trailer just before E3, and we thought, both of us, we thought it was awesome. But actually playing it, it uh, makes me very interested in that title. Hmm. I wonder if they'll bring that to Wii U. That would be actually quite cool. I could see some, you know, huh. stylus style swiping on the gamepad to cut people up or something. I don't know. <laughs> that w- that would be awesome, though. And uh, optional. Echo would be down for that. Okay, we'll have to end it there because this uh, segment's way too long. Okay then, so let's move on to some news. Okay, so let's take a quick look at the Media Create sales uh, for this week. Um, This is the middle of August 2012 here in Japan. Um, Looking at the Nintendo games in the top 10, we have the uh, Taiko no Tatsujin game, which uh, Dan talked about a couple of episodes ago. And then we have uh, Kirby's Dream Collection on Wii, which, Danny, you like that game, right? Yeah, it's fun. It's cool. Good stuff, yeah. Uh, then we have... Uh, <laughs> now, this is interesting. This is a translation of the title. But if you want to hear the full Japanese title, listen to RFN and uh, John Lindemann gives it the <laughs> best shot I've ever heard. <laughs> For someone who doesn't know any Japanese, he did a good job <laughs> <laughs> pronouncing the Japanese title. But um, it translates to Tohoku University's Aging Medicine Research Institute, headed by Professor Ryuta Kawashima. Train your brain effectively in five minutes a day with Oni training. That's why it was so freaking long. (laughs) (laughs) That's sold almost 100,000 units already. Pretty good going. Number five, we have Just Dance 2. Just Dance Wii 2, based on Just Dance 3 uh, on the Wii. Uh, 3DS game, we have... What the hell is this game? Bandai Namco game. Uh, Minoru, what is this game? Uh, it's based on a TV show, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Oh, is this um, like a police detective game? No, no. Uh, 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 someone... Uh, run away, mm-hmm. and uh, there are a bunch of um, people are wearing wearing suits and sunglasses. Oh, I've I know this game. It's like um, hide and seek. Yes. Yeah, but like hide and seek, but like with the kind of the agents from the Matrix <laughs> chasing you. It's like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Scary version. Yeah, you're hmm. found. You're not tagged. You're shot. Boom. Yeah. I don't Maybe not. Maybe they do tag you. <laughs> the, the celebrities play this on TV, and it's like they take it super seriously. It's basically hide-and-seek, and they usually play it in a school playground. Oh. But then there's these, like, super serious guys in suits chasing after them. <laughs> um, number, th- yeah. number three, we have Pokemon Black 2, White 2, um, which has gone up to 2.5 million units sold already. Um, we, uh, we ran a story about how it's... It was like, was it two million pre-orders or a million pre-orders before the game came out? And it's already two and a half million million sold. Yeah, one million pre-orders. Yeah, more than one million. 
yeah, more, more than one million. So there you go, two and a half million. Um, number two, we have Dragon Quest Ten, uh, which, well, yeah, I guess depending how you look at it, it's either the best selling uh, multiplayer online game for a long time, or it's the worst uh, selling <laughs> Dragon Quest game ever of all time. If you want to look at it positively or negatively, only four hundred forty thousand units, which is very good for. A, for one of those kind of games, but not very good for a Dragon Quest game. But you know, no, I could see that uh, going up slowly and surely over time. And then number mm-hmm. one, no surprise, it's uh, New Super Mario Brothers Two, seven hundred sixty thousand, well on its way <laughs> to a million in just a few weeks. So there you go. Iwata was right. You do need a two D Mario game on the system to sell. <laughs> So nothing too And that makes me sad. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, uh, Danny, what's the first bit of news we got? Yeah, so it just came out that The World Ends With You, there's going to be an announcement for allegedly a new game. Um, this announcement is going to be made on the 26th of August, so by the time you actually hear this podcast, you might actually know the news and have found out that it's probably just like a mobile game on your phone. <laughs> I think I I I know. I'm. They're not releasing that kind of dedicated game dude, to a phone. I'm come joking. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> obviously, come on. I think Matt. I, Don't break my freaking heart. I think dude. Matt had like tweeted that, or somebody had tweeted that that I had seen. And I was like on my Twitter feed, and I was like, that would be hilarious. And I don't know. <laughs> It'd be pretty unfortunate. Didn't Didn't we report on the voice actor for New, uh, The World Ends with You, like saying something like he's. He could be doing something sometimes. No, he was. Like he, there's a part of there's this character appears in Kingdom Hearts 3D. Oh, that's right. And um, that's they right. use like the same voice actor from the original DS version, and because they voice they actors, actors um, just for parody, just so you know, it'd be correct in the newer version of the game if it were to be released. And apparently, it's coming. Okay. So yeah, like you said, I think it's pretty sh- pretty safe to assume it's going to be on the Nintendo platform actually, because come on. The World Trends Review sequel on another platform doesn't really make yeah. any sense. This is coming. Actually, yeah. Nintendo's releasing their own flip phone, and it's going to be coming out on that. So <laughs> It's going to be on the 3DS, come on. Oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, James, shut up. Or it's going to be on Wii U. Or it's going to be on Wii U. Nah, no way. It's going to be on Wii U. It's going to be on 3DS, no no questions asked. It would be the, it would be the best pun ever. The world ends with you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, so... That's a Square Enix game, right? Yeah. So another Square Enix game is uh, Chocobo Racing 3D, and we just got a few little screenshots of that um, today. That's that still exists. Yeah. So Chocobo Racing. So the, it's it's like a Mario Kart game uh, with Final Fantasy and Chocobo characters in it. I, I swear, the last time we t- heard about this, what is is like the Nintendo conference in 2010. Really, I'd never heard of this game before. Yeah. But there you go. It was, it was, it, it was, it was in their in their uh, game wheel trailer. Oh really? I totally missed it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Minoru, what about the next one? Uh, female Ace Attorney production hit the stage in Japan. So have you seen this then, Minoru? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, I, what about this um this culture in Japan of like using female like entirely female casts, you know, to play both male and female parts at the theater. Um, what, what do you call those kind of actresses who dress up like men? 
Now, I have no idea, but actually there is a um, popular um, um, production company uh, consists mm -hmm. of uh, all female actresses mm -hmm. and called uh, Takarazuka Kagekidan. Yeah, mm -hmm. so um, this kind of production is um, not uncommon in Japan. Right. Yeah, exactly. Very kind of butch-looking ladies <laughs> with short hair. <laughs> not, not, not butch, not as in large. I just mean they look kind of like they could kick Danny's ass. Okay, well, it shouldn't take much. <laughs> yeah, so this, there's this Ace Attorney production. Apparently, this isn't the first one. This is like the second or third one they've done. Um, and this is uh, based on the Ace Attorney one. And, uh, yeah, apparently tickets are selling out fast. So if you want to see it and you live in Japan, buy a ticket soon. <laughs> it just looks fascinating. You know, an entire production based around uh, Ace Attorney with an entirely female cast. <laughs> Interesting. So, uh, Dan, what about the last bit of news we got? Um, Professor Layton vs. Ace Attorney, which is listed for 2012 release in Japan, it is actually nearing its end of development, according to Crapcom producer Tso Takumi? Shu, Shu Takumi. Shu Takumi, okay, there you go. There you go, so it, it does exist, and it is coming out. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, know, you, know, you know which I bit of news I kind of want to, want to talk about? Go ahead. The, Pika, the Pikachu 3DS LL. <laughs> Pikachu nipples, mm -hmm. Pika nipples, yeah. I, I'm actually quite serious, I want that thing. <laughs> so is it only in the Pokemon Center in Tokyo? That no, sells? Pokemon yeah. Center and all the Pokemon Centers in Japan. So there's like six, okay. six or seven. <laughs> really? I've never been to any I of them. I haven't either. I I want to uh, give you some of, one of you money so I can have <laughs> one. I seriously need that one. I'm a, Poke I'm, I'm a Pokemon fan. You can send me some money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you may or may not receive a 3DS in exchange for it. Yeah. Or maybe I could kind of draw Pikachu on my 3DS and send that to you. Same Paint thing. it yellow. It'll be fine. <laughs> Same thing. No, I, I want to... Actually, actually, I kind of want also a Japanese LL because I can't go back after using my European 3DS XL. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the Pikachu nipples, you can't escape that, though. The the camera lenses are positioned in the worst place possible, <laughs> so it literally does look like Pikachu Yeah, Yeah, the thing, the thing is, I never saw that to somebody pointed out to me. <laughs> it's like the Resident Evil 6 logo. Kind of care. I really like the shade of yellow and white. Pikanips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up, you. It's like the Resident Evil 6 logo, right? <laughs> oh, God, All I right. can't get it out of my head. <laughs> Though we don't know, we don't know if the inside is black or white. No, do they we? don't. They only release like three pictures, and they just show like the outside and like the box. So uh, I, I hope I hope the inside is white because that's why I waited. Really it could be. It. I mean, it has a white like um, hinge, so kind of lead me to believe that it would be white. It'd be kind of. Minoru, weird. do you have the white um, XL? Yes, LL? it's sexy. <laughs> yes, I, I love it. That's the only color in the world that's all white. Yes. Yeah, the the first I want the actual white one, but now seeing the Pikachu one is like, if the inside is white, I will possibly get that because that's a very limited edition. Don has Don has three thousand street passes, and they're all from his own three DSs. There's the collection. I have one thousand on my uh, one thousand on my European one, and they're all legitimate. <laughs> really awesome. 
Yeah. All not all called Dan. <laughs> no. <laughs> they're they're all from uh, p- people I meet at the Zelda concert and people I meet during Gamescom at E3 and such. Oh, tell you what, I I do regret not um, coming from London. I mean, I hate London most of the time, but. <laughs> I avoided London entirely when I went back home. I didn't go because um, the Olympics was on, so I wanted to avoid that area as much as possible. But if I'd hung around there, I could have got street passes from every single country in the world. Right, oh, that would have been so cool. Um, I had some people yeah. online, you know, boasting about that. You know, people who live in London, and it's like, you know, I've got street passes from like Korea. The and... interesting thing: two two months up to the up to like the Olympics was actually planned to go for a couple of days, just for street passes. No, just for to watch a few events and then go back home. What's the point of that? Uh, <laughs> street pass, street pass. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's but it's actually it's an actual bonus to have your 3ds with you. But it's it would have been nice to to be there and look around and see all the different nation. Or would the bonus have been seeing the Olympic event? <laughs> yeah, well, although the Olympic events sometimes are really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Would have been nice, but uh, I decided not to. At this point, I'd like to say, "Go Team GB! Woohoo! We got third, third most golds." We yeah. we, we got thirteenth, I think, in the Netherlands on the total list. What about Japan? Which is Minari? nice. What position were they in the rankings? Minoru? I don't know. <laughs> no comments. I think they were like. I didn't think they were that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere down there. So as for new. Uh, releases in Japan, we have uh, Devil Summoner, Soul Hackers, coming out on the 3DS uh, at the end of the month, the 30th of August, and then... The, the, Sen- the Sengagawa Burst sequels would also be coming out on that day. Yeah, and also Lost Heroes, um, coming out uh, 6th of September, mm-hmm. uh, another RPG. Are you guys planning the... on picking up either of those? No. Um, I- I'm planning on picking up Senwan Kagura, because I like the original, actually. Tits. Um, especially its combat. No, I like this combat actually. The combat system in that game feels very. What's that game called again? Uh, Legend of Heroes. So that's what the kids call it these uh, days. <laughs> this is the boobs. I, 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 the the Zack game. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the interesting itch about this one, they actually in the sequel they include the original and the new game on one cartridge. Hmm. Interesting. That's a lot of boobs. <laughs> No, that, that's that's a lot of playing time because out of the original, I got ten hours alone. <laughs> so that, that's a good that's a good value package actually for having two games on one cartridge. It is a good package. Yes. Okay then. So. Um, but um, uh, but but I don't think I will be picking up like Lost Heroes because later in the month I think there will be like um, oh a month later will be Project uh, Exxon. And uh, bravely default, yeah. so I kind of holding out for yeah, those. No, for me, it's just the chibi characters don't really do it for me. Most of the time they do, but just not this time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> Minoru? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the end of news. Okay, so we're up to life in Japan. So uh, today's topic is 
hey, why don't Japanese people play Western games already? Or something like that. So this, this topic wasn't sent in by anyone in particular, but it's often something I hear and uh, asked on forums and things like that. You know, why don't Japanese people play X or Y? You know, why don't they ever play this, you know, when it's so popular in the West? So, um, yeah, that's what we're going to discuss today. And obviously we have Minoru, so he can uh, give us, uh, you know, straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Uh, but I'm not a typical Japanese gamer. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, yeah we're beginning to uh, realize that, Minori. <laughs> so um, so of course, it's <laughs> in case it's uh, not blatantly obvious, um, the Xbox and first-person shooters and things like that they don't really sell well in Japan. Um, so yeah, things like Gears of War, for example. Um, is is completely unknown uh, in Japan, and you know, first-person shooters, things like Call of Duty, they do get brought over, but they're usually just you know subtitled, and that's about it. Isn't it like that? Square Enix brings those games over. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I just said. Odd oddly enough, I think with Call of Duty, in the recent years, I mean very recent years. It's been getting a little bit more popular and has kind of a little bit of a cult following here in Japan, but I mean, it's yeah. obviously mm -hmm. it's nothing like, you know, in the States. Because I mean, you know, I'm a teacher and I work with kids, like junior high kids, and they're like asking me, Danny, dude, have you played Call of Duty, you know, on the PS3? And I'm like, I played on Xbox and, you know, whatever, and just talk about like that. So they're like, played it on what? Yeah, they're like, what's that? <laughs> and actually, it was weird. One kid I knew had an Xbox. I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, so it's it's really odd, but I I at least talked with some people, kids, um, and they, you know, it, it seems like it's it's definitely a lot more prevalent than what it was like even like five years ago. So I have a few comments from uh, various uh, Japanese people that was done as a um, from two the two channel posters and blog commenters. Mm -hmm. um, these were translated from Japanese to English. Um, by a site called crunchyroll.com and um, so these are just some various comments of like um, I think they were asked that very question why don't Japanese people play Western games and um, uh, one answer was uh, lots of Japanese people get dizzy from first-person shooters and th even third-person shooters um, another guy said it's probably due to not enough advertising uh, the lots of the advertising for the Western games in Japan are quite weird, and people don't get them, and they don't convey what the game is about. And uh, some people would prefer just to have the North American commercial rather than the stupid ones they do in Japan. Mm -hmm. um, uh, another one is uh, they don't uh, have voice actors that they recognize. Um, Another one here about getting dizzy <laughs> from the 3D and things like that. A lot of comments uh, related to dizziness, which is uh, kind of interesting. Okay, Japanese people only buy things with established value because they can't judge uh, new things for themselves. And uh, then once the value has been decided, this, this decision is never overturned. So uh, that's why all these sequels are spreading around Japan like a disease. <laughs> Quite harsh. Mm. Um, people watch Western movies, so I guess they must be just bad at selling games. <laughs> they need to change it or fit it to Japanese tastes. 
That's a good point. Yeah, Western movies do well, so why not Western games? When they brought Crash Bandicoot over to Japan, um, all they did was put eyebrows on him. <laughs> if you want to sell, you have to align it with the taste of people who buy it. <laughs> he doesn't have eyebrows? I guess that's like the opposite of Kirby, I guess. <laughs> like Kirby had eyebrows added in North America, right? Oh, what? Like angry eyebrows. <laughs> oh, this is like uh, something that Dan was just saying. Uh, people who say that the Call of Duty games, they sold like 100,000 copies. This is because of the Square Enix uh, kind of awesome effect. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this game is from Square Enix. That's awesome. They don't realize that um, it's not Square Enix who developed it. Um, they think, you know, Square Enix made it when it's just them uh, publishing it. Mm -hmm. So you can usually see the first week sales are good, but after that it kind of peters out. Interesting. <laughs> oh, this is a very positive comment. Um, if I play Western games, it makes Japanese games look like freeware. <laughs> huh. <laughs> a bit harsh. <laughs> Maybe he's talking about like mobile games or something. Another guy saying that it isn't the subtitles that are bothersome, it's just that there aren't enough commercials. Many advertising problems here. Yeah, a lot of people are complaining about the advertising not good enough. Oh, this is kind of uh, a harsh one against Western games. All the stuff you do with them, all the stuff you do in Western games are the same and boring. Oblivion, Fallout, Red Dead Redemption, Skyrim. They're all just errand running games. They're all the same, except for when you use a gun or a sword. It's boring as hell. There aren't even any bosses. <laughs> now, there's quite a funny uh, Japanese person complaining about errand running. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that like one of the biggest complaints about JRPG? Like fetch quests and stuff? <laughs> to fill up time? Hmm. So, what do you think, Minoru? If any of these comments uh, fit what you think, or you just you just completely uh, you just love Western games more than most Japanese people, do you think? Mm, uh, I like uh, both kinds of games. Okay. So, are there any like negative points to Western games that you feel um, are kind of aligned with some of those comments from other Japanese people? Ah, uh, actually, no. Yeah. And well, mm, like many Japanese uh, games, uh, there are a bunch of uh, sequels in mm -hmm. Western games. So I think uh, one of the uh, comment you mentioned is mm -hmm. not fair. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What about the advertising for Japanese uh, for Western games in Japan? Do you, do you think that's like is it good advertising? Is it not advertised at all in your in your eyes? You don't, I've never seen an advert for any yeah, like Red I, Dead yeah. Redemption or something yeah, in Japan. Yeah, I remember right. whenever Red Dead Redemption came out here in Japan, like, of course I didn't see any ads or anything like that on TV, but I don't know, somehow I stumbled upon one on YouTube, and I was just like, yeah. what? And, I mean, it was, you know, it was just subtitled, but I don't know, it's like these games aren't advertised at all so it's like nobody knows about them so how can they even like make a decision about it you know it's kind of a weird problem that's kind of just created just by simply by that yeah maybe a lot of the yeah. advertising is just done online and it's not really done in magazines or um on tv as much because i've never seen a western game advertised on tv yeah. i mean t to in Japan, with people that will probably be interested in like Western games, maybe they'd be the kind of people that would be more prone to be online. And like you said, maybe they would be the kind of people that would just uh, 
you know, they wouldn't read it in a magazine or just make a decision off of seeing a TV commercial. They would actively go out and look for this stuff, you know. Um, it's definitely not an overwhelming, you know, part of the population. That's for certain. So, so another thing you often hear about is how Japanese people don't like um, online games. Like, uh, what I mean is competitive online games. Mm-hmm. You know, things like you know Call of Duty. Just like they they live on the competitive multiplayer, right? But when it yeah. comes to Japan, you know, just people are just not interested in, in that part. They would possibly just play the single player part, and that's it. They're done with it. Of course, people do that in the West, but you know, most people do play online. So, the do you think that the kind of the image of Japanese people not liking these online games is that what hurts Western games? Because a lot of Western games do have those, you know, competitive elements to them. Maybe that scares Japanese people off or something. Do you agree with that, Minoru? Yeah, but actually, uh, I like online competitive multiplayer, like Kid Icarus. Yeah. <laughs> Kidakus, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it, what what do you think is it that scares Japanese people off playing uh, competitive online games? Is it just like they're going to get griefed or something like that? Or they're going to just be attacked by angry Westerners <laughs> or something like that? Yeah. Mm, I heard that many Japanese gamers mm, are afraid of... Mm, uh, uh, getting troubles mm-hmm. uh, while playing online games. Mm. So I think uh, this is one of the reasons why um, online, um, especially competitive um, multiplayers, is not so popular. You mean like abused, right? Like shouted at. You fucking like suck! Yeah. <laughs> Have yeah. you ever played this game before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Danny's just quoting what he normally says when he plays Call of Duty. It's usually what they say to me, but hey. <laughs> yeah. It's usually what the 12-year-olds say. Yeah, the 12-year-old. Putting so me down. It's not like Japanese people are against online games altogether, right? I mean, like PC games, like, you know, Flash-based games or just browser-based games, things like that. Or even just, um, you know, certain online uh, RPGs, like, um, is Maple Story an RPG? Or whatever that kind of game is, you know. I, th- I think a better a better example would be um, Fancy Star Online. Yeah, it recently came out, and it's quite popular in Japan. So is it, is it that because like there isn't any voice chat in those games? It's just text, and it's kind of it's harder to be abused on it. <laughs> Do you think that's why those are the kind of more popular in Japan? I, 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 I think if there's more like a strategy to it that you have to work together. I think that more that more intrigues people. Maybe that's true. Yeah, Japanese people tend to be a lot more cooperative when you're online, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially, you know, like like for example, Dragon Quest. You know, that's uh, <laughs> only in Japan at the moment, but because so only Japanese people are playing it, or you know, apart from <laughs> foreigners living in Japan. <laughs> so you know, it's a very um, happy place to be. But once that gets unlocked to the world, you know, it'd be interesting <laughs> to see how that changes. <laughs> um, so when people play like browser games, you know, like Facebook style games and stuff, or just simple like um, mobile phone games, which are online, um, those kind of things are very anonymous, aren't they? Like you don't yeah. have to give, use your real name. You don't, you never talk to anyone. It's just kind of like, 
well, it's very Nintendo kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't know if you're playing against a bot or a real person, right? You know, um, much like how Brawl was online. That's why Mario Kart Wii is so popular, I guess. Yeah, or Jumbo and Brawl, you know, if uh, somebody drops out, you know, he just gets replaced with a bot, you know, and most people wouldn't ever reckon, realize that because <laughs> the connection is so terrible. <laughs> it's, <laughs> maybe it's, maybe that's what the problem with Nintendo is. And maybe they are, you know, they have been too Japanese, you know. They've been catering to the Japanese too much, you know, putting people in a plastic bubble and protecting people. You yeah. know, yeah. That's, that was okay for the Wii maybe, but they can't do that for the 3 yeah. I, I I agree. I agree with you that, and I, I don't think it's okay. But I agree that's probably what they did. It's you know, actually here recently at the school that I worked at, they showed some video to the kids about like internet safety, and I mean, you know, they give you like the worst possible ever things that can happen. <laughs> like I don't know, like for whatever reason, this fourteen-year-old girl goes to this online like meetup site and just meets these guys, and they're like. Turn her friends, and then they all like rob them and probably do other things. <laughs> it's just, it's basically so it's basically the Japanese okay Cupid. It, well, it's, it's just like hey, don't go online and don't do and don't talk to other people. Basically, it's like what it's kind of basically trying to tell the kids. I mean, huh. in, in a way, I mean, obviously, it's not saying that everyone's evil, but it's just saying you really got to be careful because there's some crazy fuckers out there, which is true. But I don't know. It's just. Hmm. It's it's a little bit much, in my opinion. Don't yeah. send your friend yeah. codes out, people. Yeah, and, I mean, th this is like sanctioned by like you know the prefecture where I live in. This video was, so I mean, I don't know. At least the, the higher up people are, you know, have thinking like this that we need to keep the kids safe and stuff. And maybe Nintendo is just another arm of this. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Minoru, yeah. was that was that taught to you at school or anything like you know safety with you know online or? things like that yes uh, when I was an uh, undergraduate student um, I saw university. Um, same kind of stuff yeah um, generally speaking the Japanese people uh, tend to be risk averse and, mm -hmm. and when it comes to the internet right. and so Japanese people love being anonymous on the internet yeah mm -hmm. uh, I, I think uh, this is one of the reasons uh, why mm, Japanese people don't like voice voice chat? Right. Yes. <laughs> and that's why the Wii didn't have voice chat. And when it when it did do it, it was like you know the whole living room can hear. <laughs> right. Yeah. Safe. Yeah, the whole family can talk to grandma and granddad in Animal Crossing or something. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. So um. That's, that's amazing that even at university level, you know, people are being told to be careful online, you know. No wonder people are scared shitless of going and playing <laughs> online games. Yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't know about you, James, but like, yeah. well, I mean, when we were growing up, it was kind of like, I guess, the, the dawn of the internet really becoming, mm -hmm. you know, major in the public eye. So I really never had any thing at school telling me like, hey, you got to be careful. I just kind of just used my common sense and I didn't go to a you know, online rapist chat room or something, you know, or whatever. It's kind <laughs> of this, com. Yeah, dot com. I, I just, you know, just, <laughs> I don't give out my address or something to some weirdo or, you know, stuff like that. Or be like, hey, yeah, let's meet up, man. I hate telling you about your address. And it's like, okay. <laughs> well, now it's like, hey, here's my address. Come and get me. You don't want me. I trust you. Trust me. But, <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Don't do that, kids. Yeah, don't. Unless you want to. Don't want to. 
So yeah, I think yeah, maybe the base of it is Minoru nailed it. It's just the anonymity is what they prefer. I mean, I remember. I mean, Facebook is now taking off in Japan. Yes. Um, but like before Facebook, it was Mixi, and yes. Mixi is not. You don't use your real name, right? It's all uh, many uh, people don't real name. Yeah. yeah. So that's why Mixi was more popular than Facebook for a long, long time. Is that people just preferred the anonymity, I guess. Yeah. I thought the service was a piece of crap. But... <laughs> and I'm the only person and that uh, uses uh, a real name on a podcast <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> That's right. Minoru Yamazumi, who lives in Tokyo. Yes. His address is... Yes. <laughs> yeah. Here's his phone number. <laughs> um, so, Minoru, off-air, off you were telling me about how in Japanese podcasts they don't use their real names and even <laughs> disguise themselves. Yes, uh, uh, I heard a few game podcasts and all of them are anonymous or they mm, use only the given name and even one of them disguise his voice via some computer program. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Darth Vader he, or something. Is he like on some kind of like blacklist from like the government or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Welcome to the Famicom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, true, true. <laughs> I might do the next show like that. <laughs> In the Bane voice. <laughs> Presented by Bane. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Well, they do have voice changes on um, Xbox Live, right? Aha, uh-huh, yeah. So it's not like just Japan. Do people use that, Danny? I have never even. I didn't even know that existed. Wow. I don't. I don't think that exists. But exists. There exists an accessory that does that for you. Wow. I had no. no idea. I think it's built into Xbox Live. You you can just um, press a. Button. I think it was in the original Xbox, but Xbox Live on the 360 doesn't do that anymore. Wow. They removed a lot of. Fe- they removed a lot of features from going from Xbox to Xbox 360. Like, you can't well, make even plants anymore, so there you go. I, w- I would imagine on the Japanese for, uh, Xbox 360, you know, all all 25 users of Xbox <laughs> Live in Japan, I bet they do use voice changes. Or they just don't use voice chat. Well, like, I, yeah. I, I really think that it's not longer available on Xbox Live on 360. I think that there is an accessory to do that, though. I know it exists. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that. That seems there silly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's silly. There you go. Okay. Well, I think we nailed that. So there you go. Life in Japan. Okay. So now we're up to letters. As always, if you want to send us an email, it's famicast at nintendoworldreport.com or drop by our forum, uh, questions for the NWR Japan crew. You will find a link to that in the show notes to this episode, which is very easy to do. So our first letter comes from Mr. Adolf Adolf Vega, um, quite famous among the uh, podcast uh, letter sections of many, many podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) And he writes... Uh, I have heard that Japanese business uh, businesses are very much in a cultural bubble and only care about the Japanese market, even if they sell to other parts of the world. 
how much of this is true? Do, does this Japanese bubble mentality explain some of the odd decisions of late? Is this why Nintendo of Japan has so much power, and Nintendo of America and Europe and Australia are very restrained compared to Japan, because they don't care about the other markets and live in this bubble? I, well, I can't really respond to the Japanese business question. I can respond to how much power Nintendo of Japan has co compared to like America, Europe and Australia. Well, first of all, um, there isn't such thing as Nintendo of Japan. Nintendo Corporation Limited Corporation yeah, is, NCL. is Japan, yes. But so, whatever, um, that's just nitpicking. No, no, I think, I think it's important because people often separate them into those four segments when the truth is Nintendo of Japan is Nintendo yes. and the other parts are smaller segments of that. Nintendo of Japan is Nintendo and so the other segments are uh, sections, sorry. They, have, yeah. they can do whatever they want, you know. Nintendo of Japan, they make the uh, they make the products they make the most of the best first party games. Well, it, it, you can do it whatever they want, yes and no. So this is what the thing is. America has complete freedom to do whatever they want. They have control of their eShop, control over their retail space, the control of their marketing, everything. Um, with Europe, um, they just got released from their strengths and now are able to actually decide to do what they want and bring over to, to Europe. Um, they have, don't have full control of the downloads yet. That's still basically in NCL's hands. Uh, and marketing, they still have enhanced, but if they want to propose, like, if they have their retail ideas, they have to screen them with Japan. They, they can still decide whatever they want, but if Japan feels like it's not worth it for the money, they can still have the veto right to say, no, we're not going to do this. And that's why you saw um, Nintendo of America suck so badly this generation, and Nintendo of Europe get so much better, because... Um, you know, let's not forget Nintendo of Europe was pretty terrible um, up and to before up, the up until the launch of the 3DS, basically, because they they still had they still had they still had more games than America, but the games we had that was both multi-region were still pretty laid out in Europe, um, and that especially changed like a few months after the launch of the Nintendo 3DS. Where they, we got games quicker and sometimes way faster than North America. At this point, I'd, I always like to any opportunity to say this. Uh, Nintendo of Europe didn't release Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy III, Mario <laughs> RPG in Europe. Let, just I can't ever let forgive them for that. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing: they had Final Fantasy III on Virtual Console first on Wii. Oh yeah, you only had to wait twenty-five years. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the the thing is with the with the the control they got after the the change moved over after the launch of the 3DS because that's when they got more control. Yeah, yeah. Tell tell fourteen-year-old James that <laughs> they have made some very good strides in the retail space. Um, if you look at uh, Europe's recent release schedule, um, they have made some weird decisions for sure. Um, but all decisions are for the better and fill up the release schedule in a more timely fashion. So what do you think um, Adolf Vega is talking about when he says um, the Japanese bubble, bubble mentality and their, their odd decisions of uh, Nintendo? I, hmm, it's an interesting topic. Um, Nintendo, Nintendo Company Limited 
basically has control over all subsidiaries. And they always will. That will never change. Um, so, of course, they are more focused on the Japanese market because they are internal and at least based in Japan. But if you look at the other like subsidiaries right now, they seem to grasp more of their own decisions. And I think the communication between Japan and those continents have become more friendly. Um, the only one that's still in a weird situation right now is Australia, because it kind of fits in Nintendo of Europe's portfolio, but on the other hand, it kind of doesn't. Uh, because sometimes they get North American releases instead of the European ones. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to say currently where Australia is going at this point in time. Um, but with America and Europe, they definitely have more freedom to make those decisions. Although I think the decisions that Nintendo of America made are a bit poorer than the ones in Europe. Poor Australia. They're at the end of the line, aren't they? Hmm. <laughs> They're the last ones. So if you want to, if you want to dish out blame here, like if you want to blame people for the Wii City Online, that's Japan. They they designed the system. Definitely, uh, that's their fault. And the, the Wii U, if that doesn't turn out to be a good online system, that's mostly Japan. But also, they have had help. It's content, but its content is pretty much in the hands of of its subsidiaries. Yeah, if you want to blame somebody for not releasing the last story and uh, and Xenoblade. Uh, until like you know years after its uh, um, release date in Japan, then blame Reggie. That's that's <laughs> Nintendo of America. That's nothing to do mm-hmm. with Japan. That um, they're completely on their own, and that was Reggie's choice. And you know, Operation Rainfall it, came down on his it, ass. So they. But it, it, for me, it seems it has been weird for me to see how the transformation of Nintendo of Europe though has evolved over the years because you now have like Iwata. Just making a little speech before every single European Nintendo Direct. It's like, they've become insanely friendly with one another. Yeah, well, they've got a lot to apologize for. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to... Yeah, the odd decisions, that maybe it's related to Wii U. I mean, the fact that we don't know the freaking price of it, or, you know, the final um, the final specs and all that kind of stuff, you know... That's partially... That's that that's the Vita, right? Because Japan can decide, well, when you release the Vita, you can now tell everybody about Wii U. Yeah, that all that all starts with Japan. You know, yeah. nothing, No information can be leaked out if no one else knows the information other than the guys in Japan. <laughs> so it's got to start there. Well, I'm pretty yeah. sure that the guys at Europe and America know at this point. Probably, yeah, they, they probably got it. Because they have to prepare marketing sure. and um, and everything with retailers and everything in check, so they get promoted properly. Um, but I'm pretty sure they didn't know it like at the start of this year. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, so there you go. I hope that, exp- I hope that explains some part of uh, your question. <laughs> it's yeah. quite a large topic to talk about. That could be a whole Life in Japan segment in, in itself, I think. Yeah. So, um, uh, Danny, why did you read the uh, last question? Sure, anger via the forums, uh, wrote, How do Japanese people react when you're playing a video game in public uh, on a portable game system or smartphone? Do they brush it off? Do they brush it aside stoically? Or do they give you that look that says, What a nut job! Um, <laughs> you know, here in Japan, since uh, you know a lot of people are 
uh, taking public transportation and doing stuff like that, you know, uh, smartphones, game systems, stuff like that. It's a really common thing to see. So if you see somebody playing it, it's not really a big deal. Whereas, like, I remember when I got the Game Boy Advance in America when it first came out, and I was, like, playing it at work, and I was, like, you know, 18 or something, and, like, somebody just was looking at me like I was a fucking lunatic, and I was just like, I'm just playing a game, man, come on, I'm leveling up my guys in Golden Sun, you know? (laughs) So, but, yeah, I don't know, so you really don't get that in Japan. Actually, people would probably be more inclined just to ignore whatever you do even if you're running around naked or something but um (laughs) (laughs) so i i i don't think that they really care too terribly much about what you're doing like playing games and stuff it's pretty normal yeah i don't know why um minora do you have any thoughts on this uh people just ignore uh gamers (laughs) yeah (laughs) but but why is that because like danny said it's it's not People don't really ignore that in the West. That people see, you know, playing games or something as something kind of strange to be doing outdoors. Yeah, uh, um, to me, uh, it's uh, I can't understand why um, in the West uh, people often uh, speak to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, especially when they tell us to stay away from strangers. Don't talk to strangers, but what do we do? <laughs> or, or Dan's first experience in America. Right? <laughs> Get out of my way, you piece of shit! Or something like that, wasn't it? Yes. It's a great experience. Yeah. Welcome to America. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to bring that dad back, Dan. I hope you don't have flashbacks. Thank you. Oh, goodness. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because it's like been a slower, slow and steady progression of like these kind of gadgets in Japan. You know, obviously, um, you know, phones have been able to play games a lot earlier than other countries. You know, so maybe it's just people have got had a longer time to get used to it, or it could be just part of this um, the Japanese attitude that you know it's rude to stare. It's like people mind their own business more, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is that fair, Minoru? Do do you think that people don't um, don't want to kind of you know disturb other people as much in Japan? Yes, I think you are right. I think that's what it could be. I mean, they could see just like staring at someone or like you know asking someone what the hell are you doing <laughs> or something. No one in Japan would ever do that, right? Yeah. It's like your business is your business, you know, and my business is my business. So you know, let's just get on with it and not kill each other. <laughs> True. <laughs> so there you go. Hmm. Right then. So that was a short and sweet one. Not the podcast, yep. though. That turned out to be quite long. <laughs> <laughs> so let's wrap things up here. Okay, so let's uh, read out our Twitter handles and, as always, read out your last or most interesting tweet. So mine is at Famicomplicated, and my last tweet was, If you find the multiplayer in New Super Mario Bros. 2 as unplayable as I did, you need to dig out the original New Super Mario Bros. and see how much better it was done in 2006. Boom. 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 Danny. 
My Twitter handle is at DannyBiv. It's D as in dog, A-N-N-Y, B as in boy, I-V. And <laughs> mine is plus monkeys for the win. Monkeys rule. In response to uh, uh, kind of a conversation that was being had about, you know, uh, dogs plus cats plus monkeys for Wii U launch. <laughs> yeah i think that'd be kind yeah. of cool but maybe that's just me and him the guy i was talking with um okay don go ahead i, I couldn't choose because i've actually two interesting tweets so the first one was uh, my, my handles by the way at nintendo n-i-n-t-e-n don um, so the first one is, is a response to Thomas Whitehead, who is an uh, editor at another website. He said, so Hyrule Astoria is, a, is above 50 Sage of Grey in the Amazon book chart. This makes me happy. And I responded to him saying, breaking, 50 Shades of Link incoming. <laughs> and he responded with, I imagine that you could Google certain ahem keywords. The illustrations for that will be already be done. <laughs> and the other one is... Truly, your worst nightmares come to life with the source filmmaker, and that shows a video um, which was made in the source in the source filmmaker by Valve, with an a, a classic um, Sonic model saying um, a classic Sonic says line. Sonic says. Ooh. It was like it was like the one with um, um, if someone touches you inappropriately, that's no good. <laughs> And somebody did it with, with an actual model, 3D model of the classic Sonic. <laughs> okay, Minoru? Okay, uh, my Twitter handle is at nwr underscore Minoru. And my last tweet was, uh, this is to, this is a reply to James, Metroid video idea. What you see on TV monitor is, a, is from a third person perspective, tablet screen. Shows the visor feature. Nice, very good. Come on, retro, show us what you've been doing already. <laughs> okay, so that wraps up the episode. Uh, as always, uh, listen to all the other great podcasts on NWR. Uh, of course, you listen to RFN, but check out Radio Trivia. And so, yeah, obviously, uh, congratulations to RFN for reaching the 300th episode, making our 15 look quite pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> there you go fantastic work those guys so now that this episode has drawn to a close please join us in talkback and give us your feedback on this episode we would greatly appreciate it and we'll most probably get into a discussion with you so until next episode goodbye Don bye Danny thank you as always mm -hmm. <laughs> and Minoru thank you for your input this episode has been very interesting Bye. Hugs for so, everybody. Till next time, Famicu out.
on that endo. GameCube Nintendo. GameCube Nintendo. GameCube Nintendo. 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 James, did you hear how how warm it was in Europe on Sunday? Yeah, but probably not at 9:30 p.m. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally. <laughs> it, 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 was, it, was, it was 39 degrees Celsius in the middle of the day, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's at the what? middle of the day. That's in nothing. In Europe, I mean, god damn it, land climate, guys. <laughs> That's why I stay inside when it's that hot. Okay, so so Danny, you can cut this out or whatever, but. You know which room I'm in? I'm in that small room. It doesn't have yes. it doesn't have air conditioning. Yeah, I'm watching you right now. <laughs> and I couldn't um I can't open the door because that will like wake everybody up. <laughs> so I'm like in this tiny room. I'm in my pants. And I I'm, when I say pants, I mean you know, the English definition of pants, not the American definition of pants. Okay, so I think we definitely need to have this in the outtakes or something. So, yeah, I'm sat here in my, in my pants, and I'm so hot. I, I'm, I'm not owing anything else, and I put... Oh! <laughs> I put ice packs. <laughs> I shoved ice packs, like, behind my back, so I don't start <laughs> sweating. My computer oh, fan is, like, buzzing so, because it's so So you so basically turned to a dude, bro. Oh god, I'm just glad this isn't a video podcast. GameCube Nintendo, 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 Nintendo. Have you have all you guys seen uh, Dark Knight Rises? Yes. No. What oh my what, god. What's that? Oh, oh my god. Minoru, Minoru is Japanese, so he doesn't even know what Batman is. <laughs> <laughs> no, Minoru. The thing the thing is I, w I wanted to see Batman, but more on one occasion I went to see another movie. Ooh. I talked with Minoru about your, um, your ah, movie yes. interests, right? And your movie interests are quite interesting. Yeah. When I say uh, interesting, I mean weird. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, Minoru says they're weird. I'm not. I'm not insulting him. He calls them weird himself. Right? <laughs> yes. Oh God. Right then. Let the games begin. <laughs> I've been uh, really? to my Bane impression. For the past couple of weeks. It's good. I like it. Tell me, Mr. Koopman. <laughs> <laughs> what good Damn. is a podcast if your head is sticking out of a plane? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you should do the whole show like that. Just do it. <laughs> no, that would annoy the, annoy the hell out of me. Do it. This podcast <laughs> is presented by Bane. You're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that's enough outtakes. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. GameCube Nintendo. Okay, let's get started. <laughs> wow, four, like four minutes, five minutes, whatever. Okay, then. <laughs> right then, let's get to it. Hello and welcome to another exciting. Then we, we do the clapping. Oh, we do the clapping. God, James, oh, you take Jesus a month Christ. off and you just forget everything. I'm, God, I James, done this come on. In a couple of episodes. <laughs> one episode. <laughs> I missed done one, episode. one episode. What are you talking about? Oh God, let me just take a drink so I don't die of dehydration mid-sentence. Drink, drinking straight whiskey. Oh yeah, that's the good stuff. Soothing. 